Using gerrymandering, voter suppression, and other nefarious tactics, the Republican Party has manipulated our electoral system to maintain as much control as possible despite being a party in the minority. Liberal Dan Radio seeks to change that, and I need your help in doing so. Liberal Dan Radio has partnered with Levelfield to help us use tools that are typically only available to big money donors. When you go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution, it will encourage other voters to reach out to their legislators to pass legislation to stop gerrymandering and voter suppression and target elected officials who refuse to protect the vote. Every eligible voter should be able to cast a ballot, and that ballot should have the same power as everyone else. I can't do this alone. I need your help. So please go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution today. That's stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Political advertising paid for by Levelfield. Contributions are not tax deductible as charitable contributions. YouTube.com slash Liberal Dan Radio if you want to see, you know, my beautiful face and, you know, face the subjective, I guess, uh, <laughs> uh, if you, or if you want to uh, see anything else that I might throw up on the screen. I'm not going to throw up on the screen, but if you see anything, if I have anything that I need to show on the screen, I may very well do so. And the only way you'll see that that is if you watch on the YouTube live stream. So you can leave your comments and questions there as well. Please remember to also make sure to like the video and subscribe uh, to the channel to make sure that you can get updates uh, whenever we go live, especially when it comes to uh, every podcast day, 8 p.m. Central uh, here uh, on, on Wednesday, here on Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Central, blogtalkradio.com and on youtube.com slash radio. If you're listening after the live podcast, you can always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. over in the show thread at liberaldan.com. Uh, respond on Facebook at facebook.com slash liberaldan. Uh, re- reply to me on Twitter, at Liberal Dane Radio on Twitter. And, of course, there is the uh, comment thread on YouTube as well, where you can leave your comments as well. Uh, got a bunch of stuff going on today. Uh, we are planning, uh, I guess, the, the plan is to have uh, Hal Sparks uh, on the show again uh, at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, or Central Time, I mean, Central Time. So in about a half hour or so. I'm looking forward to that as long as the weather cooperates and how, why would the weather, you know, be a problem for a podcast? You know, you might, there's no rain delays like in baseball, right? Uh, So we have a tornadic activity warning uh, that is taking place here in Southern Louisiana. And I think this, it's supposed to 
you know, I did hear some wind and some thunder just now, right before the show started, and the storms are supposed to be passing through between 9 p.m. and 11 p.m. Central Time. So about an hour into the show, potentially, is when we're supposed to potentially see bad weather. So for some reason, my stream goes dead uh, and whatever. It's either because uh, Entergy went out and I have no power or Cox went out and I have no internet. Uh, and the because Entergy and Cox Communications both stink, uh, the odds of me losing one of the two uh, utilities that are needed for me to do my podcast increases exponentially as we get storms rolling through. There are times where I've lost power before the storm even hit. It's ridiculous. Like the breeze is kicked up a little bit and like one branch falls and the, the power system is so fragile that one little branch dropping on one wire, you know, because they don't make, apparently they don't have a redundancies in the system that can handle uh, getting power to houses via more than one, more than one way. But you know, Daily News, i.e. bringing a boy in the YouTube chat goes, uh, climate change again in Louisiana. Yeah, absolutely. It is climate change in Louisiana. Climate change is a very important thing to worry about. And climate change is why we've seen stronger and more frequent hurricanes. Climate change is why we're seeing tornadic activity outside of your typical spots. As my dad said today, happy birthday, dad. I already called him and wished him a happy birthday, but happy birthday to you. It's his, uh, he was born on March 30th. Uh, way back in 1950. So he is 72, if I'm doing the math properly. Uh, so again, happy birthday to you, Dad. Uh, don't look a day over 71. <laughs> um, anyway, so, yeah, I mean, they, they, earlier today, I was talking to them, and they said, yeah, the, you, tornadoes used to just happen in uh, Kansas and Oklahoma. And that's where you see mostly see tornadoes in those areas. I don't know why. You know, maybe, and maybe it's a little over-exaggeration of, of where the tornado tornadoes would typically be restricted to. But, you know, you, you, you can see tornadoes when a hurricane comes. But to see tornadoes outside of a hurricane storm here in Louisiana used to be something that was rare. And now we have two in two weeks. And I'm not going to say that an outlier is going to prove the rule. But if we're seeing more tornadoes in Louisiana now than, than we are than we had been before, and if this becomes the trend, then guess what? Uh, there's something has to be behind it, and something that has to be behind it probably has to do with uh, with that. Let's see. That's what happens when the Dems run your state; all hell breaks loose. I mean, John Bell Edwards is a Democrat, but there's a Republican legislature. Um, let's get to that really quickly because thank you for the segue, Daily News. Um, it's something that I'm actually surprised about. The Louisiana legislature overrode the Governor Edwards' veto of the congressional map. So what happened? I didn't think they had enough votes. I didn't think that, that the Republicans in the legislature, I thought they were two votes shy of getting, um, of getting the veto overturned. Uh, according to the Louisiana Illuminator website, the shape of Louisiana's congressional districts will be decided in federal court now that the Republican legislature has overridden Democrat John Bell Edwards' veto of a map that limits the state to one majority black district out of six. Uh, Louisiana did currently still have uh, six, uh, six total districts, and the last 10 years we have still only have had one congressional district that was uh, my majority minority. 
uh, Edwards and voters' rights groups have said that a second minority district needed to be there to account for the nearly 33% of Louisiana residents who are black. Now, if, you live, if you've watched some of the videos that I've made about um, the stopping the coup and dealing with gerrymandering, uh, you know, I've said in, in that commercial to start the show, uh, your, your vote, the right to vote is not just the right to cast a vote, but it's the right to have your vote heard and listened to um, by, you know, and have the same power as the other people. Now, in Louisiana, that's not the case. White voters have more say than black voters proportionally in Congress because Louisiana's black voters are all shoved in to Cong- Congressional District 2, which just runs up the Mississippi River and uh, basically tries to shove as many black people into one district as possible, thus allowing the Republicans to win all the other districts. It also harms Democrats versus Republicans. Uh, Louisiana Democrats are also about 33% of the state. Uh, and we should have two seats in Congress. Now, this could all be fixed if we just moved away from the archaic idea of, of congressional maps and moved to congressional slates of candidates where a state, you know, could elect slates of candidates and people could run as a slate instead of in a district. And you could let the people decide who they want to vote for statewide. Uh, so if somebody from Shreveport wants to vote for the person on the slate that's representing New Orleans, and they can do that if they feel that that slate best represents them. Um, Let's see. So according to Royce Duplessis, do I have Democrat from New Orleans? Um, one third of six is two. That's the math. Uh, the body continues to disregard simple math. We continue to disregard the fact that HB1 is rife with politics. Louisiana HB1, I should say. Uh, lawmakers held a special redistricting session in February to create a new political maps. Uh, although 40% of Louisiana residents identify as minorities, all of the maps created maintain the status quo in racial representation. Edwards vetoed two identical versions of the congressional map, but let proposal for the state school board, um, Louisiana House and Senate become law. The legislature cannot agree on a new map for the Louisiana Supreme Court, which they are not required to redistrict by law like other political bodies. Um, the Republicans hold a majority of both chambers of the legislature, but a supermajority is needed to override the veto. GOP holds the need of 27 seats in the Senate, but only has 68 in the House, two shorts of a simple supermajority, which is why I thought they were going to fail. But one Democrat, Representative Francis Thompson, a Democrat from Delhi, Louisiana, bucked party ranks and aligned with Republicans in support of the override. Joining him were three independents in the House, Roy Adams of Jackson, John Marino of Gretna, and Melinda White of Bogalusa. So... Apparently, Re- Representative Francis Thompson is someone who needs to go uh, because, you know, hey, um, if the Republicans are going to criticize everybody when it comes to Republicans banning. They're fighting a whole recall thing on, on this radio station that I listen to in the mornings where they, they've been spending months and months and months trying to get somebody to run against uh, Joe Sagney in Kenner, Louisiana, who was the one Republican, I guess, who who prevented an override of John Bell Edwards's veto to uh, to uh, that the Louisiana House and Senate wanted to prevent trans people from participating in sports and Stagney overrode did not have vote to override the veto thus keeping his veto intact uh, so it's a very slim majority in the house let's see state God is cleaning all the bad out what I don't understand that push them into one district and tell them to shoosh no, that's the point, is, is that you shouldn't be pushing them all into one district and telling them the shoosh. 
Shush. <laughs> anyway, um, and when they do it in Maryland, it's wrong too. When the Republicans get shoved into one district in Maryland, like the like the uh, so I think in, in Maryland it's less Republicans getting pushed into one district and more Republicans getting chopped out of districts in order to make sure that the Democrats can get like six out of the seven. And it's wrong there too. And that's the thing. I'm not going to be hypocritical here on Liberal Day Radio, talk from the left, that's right. I'm not somebody who is going to say, do for me, but not for thee. I hold the people to the same standard. Now, the problem is, is that the Republican gerrymandering is gerrymandering on steroids, with the exception of potentially Maryland that, you know, basically does the same horrible things that are being done in Louisiana uh, when it comes to at least gerrymandering. But again, it needs to stop. We need to have representation of the people, the 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 Republicans in Connecticut who are not represented at all in Congress deserve representation, just like the Democrats in Louisiana who, who have less representation. They need to have more representation. Everybody should be represented um, based on a proportionate proportionality, or at least they should be given the opportunity to be represented proportionally. So there's that. Since Daily News did get us into the whole topic of gerrymandering. And I was going to hit that one first. I wasn't going to hit that one first, but I, I hit it now since he brought it up. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about nerdydan.com for a second, because I'm not just political. I do have the website nerdydan.com, just like I have liberaldan.com. Uh, and it's nerdydan, D-O-T-C-O-M, everywhere I am, on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, uh, YouTube, and Anchor, the Anchor podcast. I haven't done an Anchor podcast for Nerdy Dan in a while. Um but Taylor Hawkins of the Goo Dolls passed away. Um, and I believe that everyone thinks it's potentially drug-related, but I don't know if any tox reports have come out. So, But they did find a bunch of this hotel room. Um, and I went to the first karaoke that I have in years. I, I love singing karaoke. It's, it's, it's good therapy. It's enjoyable. It's something that's fun that I like to do. Um, but I hadn't gone since the pandemic started. But now that I'm fully vaccinated and boosted and, and, and uh, the uh, – Spread is low here in Jefferson and Orleans parishes. Uh, oh, got some thunder coming close. Ooh, hopefully the show doesn't get knocked off the air. Anyway, so I went and did karaoke, and I did Monkey Wrench uh, by the Goo Goo Dolls. Uh, if you want to see that, if you want to subject yourself to punishment, uh, you can go to youtube.com slash nerdydan.com, and you can see uh, the video. One of the funniest things, though, about that video is – that as soon as I uploaded it, YouTube was like, copyright, flagged for a copyright. Now, I can't really say that it's flagged for a copyright because, you know, I don't think, I don't, it wasn't pulled down. So probably what, what happened, which is what happened with some of my other parody videos, which is that I can't get revenue from it, but the people who own the copyright can get the revenue from it. Well, here's the thing. I'm not monetized on either, any of my YouTube platforms, so it doesn't bother me at the moment that I can't monetize videos because I can't monetize them anyway. So good for them for making a little extra cash when I do my <clears throat> monkey wrench karaoke video for all seven views it might have right now. Uh, also, this weekend is a big weekend for professional wrestling, uh, sports entertainment, if you will. Um, I've made two prediction videos. One of them should be uh, be brought up tonight at BillAfter.com, which, which points to another YouTube channel. Um, so billafter.com, A-P-T-E-R, 
Uh, one should come up tonight. I have to make a slight edit to um, the other one, and that one should hopefully go up tomorrow, and I'll have my videos uh, with my predictions for WrestleMania. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty good at predicting wrestling outcomes, despite the fact that it's all scripted, and they could just throw something to curveball from you, you know. So there it is. Um, let's see. Let's get back to the chat. It's incredibly racially discriminated. Owen was once access to equal housing. They were violating Connecticut is one of the most racially segregated states in the nation. There are many reasons for this, including centuries of government and private policies and practices that intentionally limited housing opportunities for black, indigenous people of color in uh, certain areas of the state. And yeah, that is also that's probably very true. But the thing is, is that in Connecticut, it's all, I think if I'm remembering correctly, all five congressional seats are controlled by Democrats. And I don't know how how they how the racial lines are drawn. I don't know how many of those Democrats are uh, are minorities or if they're all white. Uh, but the thing is, is that the Republicans in Connecticut, to which there are at least I think a fifth of Connecticut are, are Republican voters, and if there's five congressional seats in Connecticut, they should have a seat, and they should have the opportunity to be heard, because everybody should have the opportunity to be heard and have that say be just as powerful proportionally as everybody else. So if, if, my, if I'm part of the group that makes up uh, two-thirds of the state and another person is a part of a group that makes up one-third of the state, that one-third of the state, those people should not have, be, have their powers to have their voice heard reduced. I should not have mine artificially increased. <laughs> Connecticut doesn't deserve congressional representation. That's why the, let's just kick Connecticut out the union, huh? <laughs> if we watch the vid, Dan, my suits will come knocking on my door. Then YouTube, will, YouTube does not flag you for watching the videos that have copyright violations. Now, and nothing that I post should cause anybody in, in suits to come flag you or do whatever to you. I mean, I don't know what else you might watch on YouTube. Uh, I think most of the stuff that that might have the suits coming after you aren't posted on you aren't hosted on YouTube. <laughs> anyway, but back to the politics. Back to Actually, no, let's go ahead and take the first. No, we'll do this first. Uh, no, let's take, let's take the commercial break first. Uh, we will take the first commercial break. Come back, take your calls as well. 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. 
world gone mad. One progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the liberal band radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show, mmm, yeah. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok. And you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Demonox, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2 where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat and find me on Twitter by the handle xdeminox. Letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. And welcome back to Little Band Radio Talk from the Left. That's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. Again, you can join us in the chat rooms at blogtalkradio.com and YouTube as well. Uh, shouts out to our Patreons. Uh, as you just heard, Demonox with the World According to Knox, their first Liberal Band Radio Patreon. Your boy Chris here in New Orleans. Cesar from uh, over in California. And our newest Liberal Dan Radio Patreon, Angie from across the pond in jolly old England. Thank you, Angie, for supporting the show. Uh, may the fourth be with me. She's the fourth. Uh, appreciate your support. If you want to support the show, patreon.liberaldan.com or liberaldan.com slash Patreon. No. Patreon.liberaldan.com or patreon.com slash liberaldan is the way you can get there. Uh, you could either sponsor bits, buy commercial advertising, or just support the show. Dollar, five dollar, ten dollar amounts, twenty dollar amounts. I might have to. And if you're a, and it's still time for you to get in. And then if you have twelve months of support of the show or greater, uh, you will be in line to get yourself a one of the OG uh, Liberal Dan Radio Master Debater shirts. So if you want to be a Liberal Dan Radio Master Debater, that's the OG, an OG Master Debater. Make sure to sign up for the Liberal Dan Radio Patreon as well. Uh, so there was a, even though the storms haven't gotten here yet, um, there, the line of storms is supposed to get here somewhere between nine and 11. So at about maybe starting in a half hour or so. So hopefully at least, uh, I'll get some show in before that happens. If, if we happen to lose power or whatever. Um, but, uh, there was a house already that was hit by tornado in Louisiana. It was, looked like a kind of a mobile home, if you will. 
Um, but we're watching that on the news, and they're interviewing this family. And all of a sudden, you see this maybe like 9, 10, 11-year-old kid in a fuck Biden shirt. I mean, right there on the TV, you would think that the cameraman would have the wherewithal to be like, well, maybe I shouldn't put the kid with the fuck Biden shirt on the TV. Well, no, it's just, it was right there. And eventually they got it out the way. And eventually they had the kid holding the puppy that was, that was saved, I guess, from the storm, from being hit by the tornado in front. So all you can see is the CK. Um, I, I'll give the kid credit. At least he's not trying to do the whole let's go Brandon thing. And instead is just wearing a fuck Biden one because, you know, kid probably has more guts than half of these let's go Brandon fools anyway. Um, but here's the thing. They, on the on that broadcast, they had no insurance, right? They have no insurance. I'm sure the parents agree with the kid that, you know, F Joe Biden, whatever. I'm sure they agree. Um, they don't have any insurance. They they don't know where they're going to live. They don't know what they're going to do for their clothes and for anything. Every, everything they got ruined. So what are they going to do after telling Joe Biden to go F himself? I guarantee you they're going to be begging for help from the federal government. Please help me, FEMA. I don't care if I called it socialism when other people took it. I need it now, and it's different. And you know when they, what they would mean when they would say, quote, other people, because the conservatives don't mind if they get the help. The conservatives just don't want other people getting help. And when they say other, when I say other people, I'm just meaning that they, that's what they mean is they mean black people. They don't want black people getting the help. They, they don't want to see that because they just don't like anybody getting a hand up or a handout or whatever. Just like the 49 senators in the, in the U.S. Senate who don't want to see a black woman elevated to the Supreme Court. And you can say, oh, it's just about her. You can't say it. It's just about her child abuse. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Let's go ahead and play uh, this week's Hypocrite of the Week, and, and we'll get to that. This week's hypocrites of the week are Republicans on the Senate Judiciary Committee, many of whom voted to confirm judges appointed by Republicans who have records similar to Judge Jackson on the issues of child sex abuse. It seems to me that to them, if Trump appointed someone, we could ignore their record, but Biden, we just can't have a judge with the same record. As always, it's never about the issue they're complaining about. See you next week's hypocrite of the week will be tune in to Liberal Dan Radio, talk from the left as right, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash Liberal Dan. And there you go. Um, again, the, the Republicans who are, you know, fake tears, crocodile tears, if you will, about, you know, this person's record when it comes to child abuse. There are Republicans uh, and endorsed and supported uh, folks who have been confirmed to the judiciary who ha- have similar records when it comes to uh, convictions, when it comes to like child porn and child abuse cases. Why? Because, you know, the guidelines are guidelines and there are certain other factors that they must take into consideration, including those that Judge Kintaji Brown Jackson said uh, during her hearings. They don't want to be here. They don't want to hear about that. They just don't want to see a black justice, a black woman justice who is going to, you know, who is not one who's going to be like Clarence Thomas, if you will. Speaking of Clarence Thomas, I'm making some good segues today. Uh, is the criticism of Ginny Thomas and calls for justice for Thomas to resign sexist? 
what, what, one thing that I thought about when, when hearing uh, now the criticisms of Ginny Thomas and her actions as it pertains to the January 6th insurrection and the conspiracy, theory, bleh, conspiracy theories surrounding, uh, you know, the election of Joe Biden and how Donald Trump lost, uh, you know, there are very sound criticisms that can be made of Ginny Thomas. Uh, but are we holding ju- other justices and other judges to the same standard? Are we saying that other judges and other justices uh, should be, um, you know, should, should have to answer if their spouses do certain things? Like it's been alleged that Ginny Thomas uh, collected uh, half a million dollars from, I think, the Heritage Foundation. I could be wrong on the group, but I want to say it's the Heritage Foundation. And uh, I think Justice Thomas put on his disclosure form for his family that they received nothing from them. They didn't, he didn't report any of that. Um, but apparently, according to the ethics rules, from what I heard on the news the other day, at least, uh, the ethics rules for judges uh, are pretty sound and firm, and you have to follow them. But for justices at the Supreme Court, when it gets to that level, eh, it's kind of like guidelines instead of rules. Uh, same kind of thing as, uh, you know, the same guidelines that gave uh, Jackson uh, the guidelines on what to put for sentencing. Um, but I'm, I'm asking if we hold other spouses of justices to the same standard. I'm saying if we don't, we should, because what she supported is some insurrectionist and treasonous bullcrap, if you ask me. According to Vox, Thomas shared with Meadows conspiracy theories that Trump had a secret plan to expose election fraud uh, and said, quote, I hope this is true, according to her, and to send its perpetrators of the election fraud to Gitmo. Uh, urge that Trump should not concede because, quote, it takes time for the army who is gathering for his back. Uh, said that the left was attempting the greatest heist of history uh, and championed ludicrous claims of Trump lawyer Sidney Powell. Uh, sounds like Sidney and her team are getting inundated with evidence of fraud, supposedly, and complained about being disgusted that President, Vice President Mike Pence uh, was going to approve the results and called his failure to act, even though he had no authority to act, as, quote, the end of liberty. Um, the end of liberty. That's, that's, you know, that's Ginny Thomas, if you will. And so if, if other Supreme Court justices said, you know, or spouses said that, if other Supreme Court justices went ahead and said those things, then I would hope that we would be critical of them as well and be calling for them to resign as well. Because if you're that closely related to some insurrectionist and treasonous bullshit, then I have to question how much you support the bullshit as well. And without further ado... Uh, it is 8.30. I didn't get to play Hypocrite of the Week yet, but or Words of Redneck Wisdom. Maybe I will play Words of Redneck Wisdom while Hal's on the show. But we do have uh, Hal Sparks back on the program. Hey. hey how are you? How's it going? I'm doing great. How it's are you today? Spectacular. I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm actually in, in the lobby of a theater where my girlfriend's show is about to launch here in Vegas. I'm very excited. So I'm, nice. you know, I've, I've tried to find a relatively quiet corner to be in as they do last-minute run-throughs. It's very, it's very showbiz. Smoky in here. Um, nice. I feel like I've died and gone to Vegas circa 1967. So, yeah, what's happening? I miss Vegas. It's been a while. 
Uh, we do have a hello from a Jillian NYC212. One of your sparklers is watching on, yes. on the podcast. So thank you, Jillian, hi, Jillian. for watching. Remember, Hal says, hi, hi remember Jillian. to like and subscribe here as well. Um, so I'm actually also, I, I, uh, I, I am, I, I subscribed at the, I think at the Hal's Angels level. Uh, so yeah. if you're going wow. to come, come on my show, I'm, I'm going to support you as well. So I appreciate oh, I you appreciate for that. that. So, That's great. Uh, my <laughs> My pleasure. I mean, I was like, I was looking at it. I was watching watching one of your podcasts, one of your shows one day, um, mm-hmm. infotainmentworlds.com, by the way, for everybody who's watching. If you're not aware, go to infotainmentworlds.com. That will bring you to Hal's YouTube <laughs> channel and Hal Sparks Mega right. Worldwide. Um, and uh, and I was, all of a sudden, I was there for a month, and I got like a free super chat. I was like, ooh, I like free things. I mean, I paid for it, but yeah. it was just a little, little bonus right. thing that I got. I was like, nice little surprise. So uh, YouTube can That's become awesome. a... Uh, a sparkler or a jalapeno, if you will, if you go to Hal's uh, right. channel as well. That's right. Him. So, so what what is the what is your girlfriend? Uh, I'm I'm not aware of who, who your girlfriend is. So what is what is your show? My yeah, my girlfriend's name is Summer, and she uh, we've been together for a long time. Uh, but she's she choreographs. She's a dancer. She's been working in Vegas shows and that kind of stuff for you know her entire professional life. She won, She and her dance team won Star Star Search when she was 15. Oh wow! So yeah, they've been. She'd been at it for a bit, and so um, she and her partner Jamie have a company together, and they created a show called Ladylike, and and they're launching it tonight. They've got a. They've had a couple of other shows, one of which I was actually in. I played guitar, and kind of uh, was a stunt male in one of the shows um, before, you know. Um, but this one's new, so it's it's really cool. Which which hotel is it at? It's it's actually not in a hotel. It's in um, the Mosaic, which is a theater uh, like on the strip and part of the walking area, and um, in in the actual kind of main strip. And uh, okay. it's uh, yeah, it's its own space. It's cool. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it's been so it's been so long since I've been to Vegas. I need to go back. So um, yes, I, you I, do. I, I do want to say for some reason, if for some reason like I go dark for a second, I don't respond to you. Just keep talking, and I'll call in with my cell phone because we have possible tornadoes coming through the area, and I might lose power. Oh, okay. I don't think we're going to get hit by a tornado, but we might lose power or internet, so I might okay. have to call back in with my phone. So if for some reason sure. you're dead silent, just do a little brief mega worldwide until I come back. So. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'll just I'll just fill I'll just fill in. Don't worry about it. I got you covered. I mean, if you, if, yeah. yeah, if I hear an air raid siren, I'll take that as my cue. Right. <laughs> Or if you hear me get sucked out of the building, then just, you know, keep talking. Or exactly. talk as long as you want, I suppose. <laughs> Welcome to the new episode of the Liberal Dan uh, show, a segment we like to call Shelter in Place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, hunkering down with Liberal Dan. That's, which that's usually right. usually only takes place during the hurricane season, but, you know, climate change isn't real or anything. Right, exactly. It, it, there's, uh, the nice thing is, is we'll all get to sample climate from all over the globe. Yes. The weather, things the weather never used to do in your neighborhood are going to start showing up. Ask people in not- Seattle. They're seeing the sun for the first time, and they're like us. All of them look like snails that were crossing the um, the <laughs> sidewalk when the rain stopped. <laughs> uh, did you happen to notice uh, that uh, the New England Journal of Medicine sta- stated or had a study and, sh- and said that treatment with ivermectin did not result in lower incidences of medical admission to hospitals? Because of COVID nineteen, I mean, I was frankly so surprised when I heard that. Did you, did you hear that? <laughs> oh yeah, no. Well, I mean, it, here's the obvious thing. Okay, so what is what is one of the worst parts of COVID nineteen? This is this is just my own logic play. 
um, it's that your immune system overreacts. That was part of the lung damage that went to it was that people, right. you're, you know, you, it was triggering. That's one of the things that makes it very dangerous, right? Well, why does your, why do some people's, not everybody's, but why do some people's immune systems overreact? Well, they're under stress already, you know, like, and, and that's why immunocompromised people are in danger of being harmed by it more than others. But other people um, who have worms might also be in a constant state of some form of inflammation um, mm -hmm. that would trigger a worse response. So anybody who tells anybody else that I took ivermectin and it made my – it got me through COVID is simply telling you they had a massive case of worms and needed <laughs> treatment for it for years. And whether or not they would have gone to the hospital for COVID is sort of immaterial at this point. You are talking to a nasty, nasty person with a bad case of worms because I doubt they didn't go right back to where they got the worms and get them all over again. So there you go. Um, that's, Probably, that's, yeah. It, 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 yes, right, yeah. So that's, that's the fascinating part to me. It's like anybody who's like, I took ivermectin, it worked great. I'm like, oh, because you had worms? Right. No, I, I had COVID. No, you also had worms. Why would right. you think that? Because it only helps with worms. That's why. And if it made you feel better at all, it's because you had massive amounts of worms, you disgusting man. <laughs> yes. I, and I love how everyone complained when I, when we were calling it horse dewormer. Because I was yeah, I was like, well, are they going to the animal supply stores and buying the horse dewormer? Yeah. yeah. Well, then you're right. taking horse yeah. dewormer. You know. Yeah, it, that's the – yeah. You, you, the, by the way, we're the snowflakes, and they're – you know, and we're overly sensitive. Just for the record. But, just remember that. When, right. Yeah, but these folks are – yeah. They're, they're tough as nails and they're frontier people and they can take anything and it's just a joke. Uh, but the minute you say horse dewormer because they're taking stuff that is actually used to deworm horses, even if you're taking the human dose, you're still taking a dewormer. You have worms, dude. Right. It's okay. Just, just tell the world you have worms. There's no shame in it. We're not going to be ableist about this. <laughs> just right. Alex Jones, just admit to everyone that that's why you're all bloated and weird looking. It's not that you're overweight. It's you have worms and it's okay. Kids admit get it in the country. I grew up in Kentucky. A lot of people had worms. It's no big deal. All right. <laughs> right. Deminox in, in the chat goes, I'm not a sheeple. Chugs horse medicine. So. <laughs> right. Um, if you do, there is, a, I think, one of the contraindications of, um, of the mectins is, uh, is oddly having larger than normal mouth movements and going, Wilbur. Um, but other than that, you shouldn't notice any changes. <laughs> Yeah. So um, I, I know you were watching this as well as I was when um, uh, they had the hearings and they had the uh, one of the guys from the FBI, FBI cyber crimes and they were and oh, Gates was talking to him and uh, Gates like held up this tiny little thing and called uh -huh. it and said, I have the laptop and I want to put it into put right. it into, into the record. I'm like, that doesn't look like a laptop to me. Maybe yep, he meant no he had laptop. A, right. There is because yeah, there, there is no laptop. There is no I, laptop. Like, Never was. It was always a doubled hard drive that Rudy Rudy went to Ukraine where the Russians were selling this uh, fake hard drive thing that, that was like half uh, emails they got from Hunter's real phone and half stuff they got from Burisma and a bunch of like deep fakes and mixed up and garbage. And that's how they work. That's how they've always worked. It's not even surprising. And they were selling it for $3 million and Rudy apparently paid $5 million, reportedly. Um, for it, he overpaid because you know his boss uh, wrote Art of the Deal. Exactly. And then, yeah. You know, and then came back, and they originally had this plan to have Ablo, this uh, Fox News psychiatrist, 
was going to, you know, concocted this whole story about how, uh, you know, Hunter left this laptop at my house, and that's how we have access to it because he came to me for treatment for a little while, whatever. But then that guy got busted for dosing and sleeping with his patients at the same time. And so that threw that out the window, and hence the magic um, blind repair guy who can only see four inches in front of his face but recognized the Bow Biden sticker, had to look at it, made multiple copies, gave the uh, – but he's got a photocopy of a picture of a, another copy of a drawing of a receipt that, you know, he can show that proves that he had the laptop. And then he gives these hard drives to Rudy Giuliani, and there were four of them. Rudy talked about there being four of them. Then Rudy started talking about there being three of them, and all of a sudden Matt Gates had one. Like these are just copies. It's like it, and I'm sorry, but maybe it's because I'm named after a computer. Um, mm-hmm. But it, but it's, but at some point I'm going to need something more than a in in 2022. I'm going to need something more than a story about a com- piece of computer equipment. I'm going to need metadata. I'm going to need at least <laughs> one Instagram photo of it. Something. You th- you think they right. you know you had so many emails that they got from WikiLeaks you'd think that you know they could make its own little WikiLeaks and, and have its own little section and say here here you go here's right. all the contents of the laptop peruse away yeah well that's the, that's the other thing it was like remember when Parler got hacked and it was like seven ter- uh, like terabytes of or seventy beg your pardon seventy terabytes of gear of uh, of user data and pictures and all kinds of stuff. Right. And they released it. And you, there's a searchable database on the website where you can go and look at all this stuff. You can't do that with the Hunter Biden laptop. You couldn't, you couldn't put that whole thing online so I can look at um, the metadata on all these files. Why not? And even the New York Post, who was supposedly the big story everybody was talking about, all they ever did was talk about photocopies of texts and emails they got from Rudy and these guys as if they touched the computer. And they haven't. They have not. That drives me crazy. And it's like it's a nitpicky thing just growing up with computers our whole lives. You know what I mean? Like it right. seems like this is a this is a scandal like built for my grandparents. You yeah, know what like, I mean? I'm, like I'm computers. A, I'm a software developer. Like like I mean I all of this stuff yeah. just makes me chuckle just because the, the, yeah. I mean but it's they're just so bad at like everything that they do. I don't right. understand how they've been so successful when they're so bad at what they do. And it's probably because, you know, just Donald Trump relies on the poorly educated. It is what it is. That's right. Well, it's also, you know, that they had a lot of help from people that were very scary. And when you talk about, like, the, the, the Russian assists that he got and stuff, the baseline stuff, if you look at Russia's attack, like everybody's like, well, Russia has this enormous nuclear arsenal, and they have this incredible military, but they've been very smart at using asymmetrical cyber warfare for on, you know, on the cheap. It doesn't cost them anything to do this stuff through you know, Macedonian hacker farms, and it's really smart of them. Instead of what we're finding out in, you know, with what's going on in Ukraine and the reality of what's going on in Russia both economically and militarily, they're not doing this out of choice. This is all they got, and they're not paying top dollar for the best people any more than Trump hired hashtag the best people when he was in office. Nobody has better people than I do. I'm going to drain the swamp and make it a more swampier swamp. (laughs) That's right. I'm going to drain – you know what the problem with the swamp is? Not enough alligators. Drain the swamp, start an alligator farm. Um, So what we're really finding out is that they weren't – they weren't like – 
This wasn't asymmetrical 4D chess. This is all they got. And, and they were really going, you know, bargain basement hunting for a lot of the, the intel that they got they, because they hoped it would be enough. I think in many ways Comey's speech about the Hillary Clinton email server was so effective that that's what perked their ears up. We don't need any more than that. That was enough. There's right. enough doubt. We've sown that over the years. People in America don't respect the fact that they have a, de- a democracy, and it's, it, it's extraordinary. Everybody's so busy crapping on the United States from both sides of the aisle, you know, either for past wrongs or just current monstrosity, that they, they don't look at the fact that the, even, the, even the very ability to criticize it like that is extraordinary on the planet still to this day, right? And so they figured, all right, all we need is it's, – it's already teetering. We just need to flick it a little bit, and that's, that's what the Comey thing taught them, and that's what the Zelensky phone call was about. Zelensky wasn't supposed to open an investigation into Biden because they wouldn't have found anything. He was supposed right. to announce an investigation, and it was just that everything's a reboot. This is terrible. It, it, it became you know, Superman Returns. Like they didn't think it through. They just tried to recreate certain key moments that the fans like. And the fans like the fact somebody like Comey, somebody official, somebody unrelated to the campaign stood up and went, these people bad. And that was supposed to work. And it didn't. And that's, you know, and Trump's been grinding his teeth on that ever since. I don't know if you've watched his latest rallies or even the latest interview he did with John Solomon. I did that on my show tonight before I came to the show that I'm doing over here. And, um, like he's he's got coke jaw really bad right now. He's I don't know mm-hmm. if he's back on the benzos or something, but he's got this kind of like wrenching jaw thing going on, which reeks of somebody who's like, damn it, why didn't this work? You know what I mean? It's like a 1930s gangster movie version of like you rat kind of physical gesture that you do with your face. You know what I'm talking about? Right. It's so telling. you dirty rat. <laughs> yeah. Right. It, he was, he's just so miserable, and it's wonderful. It's just wonderful to watch. Of course, Daily News, one of my regular conservative followers, where was Obama when Hillary had control of Benghazi? Well, my point about that that nobody ever talks about is you can find this on YouTube. Uh, Chaffetz, Representative mm-hmm. Chaffetz, the Republican, mm-hmm. was interviewed and was asked why they denied the request for extra outpost funding for diplomatic outposts across the world. And yep. they're like, well, we can't pay for everything. Well, you denied the extra funding that was requested for extra security. You can't then blame anybody. Well, they can blame other people, but you shouldn't be able to right. then blame other people for the fact that security was any, – any security ball was dropped because you were – You're the parade for it. Yes, exactly. Right, yeah. And, it's, it's and especially when you're in a situation where you underfund something, specifically dealing with security, and by the time you know it, when something really bad goes down, the people that are there really only have one recourse, which is to retreat, pull back, or hide. You can't, right. you know, there's no extra force that you paid for that comes in at the last moment. You know, there's no safety that you know, no ripcord they can pull to protect themselves because you funded that away. So yeah, and 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 they're always going to do this or whatever. But again, I I think. I always put it on me. I always put it on, you know, my responsibility as a Democrat and as somebody who actually cares that I just can't take the bait anymore. I can't allow myself to go, well, you know, hedge. It's, you know, sometimes it's a, no. 
These people have no interest in governing. Anybody who goes, I'm a small government conservative, you're like, you just want somebody else to be able to take over this place because you view it like a renter. Well, one of the things, though, that I love to do, I don't, some, some, some of the things I don't even spend extra time talking with the people about. Because, like, for example, they'll be like, well, Trump said that there was no collusion with Russia. We're like, all right, well, what about when Trump um, begged Russia for help with Hillary's emails? No, he didn't. I'm like, yeah, he did. Yeah. Here you go. Here's the video. 30, 30 right. seconds on YouTube. Learn. Yeah, well, he was just being sarcastic. But then today, like, or yesterday, he does it again in that John Solomon interview, which everybody's right. talking about. He's like, I bet he still has that stuff. Why did the mayor of Moscow's wife give him th- give the Bidens $3.5 million? It's like, he didn't. Rosemont Seneca invested it for it. It's like saying she took out an IRA. And, and you're like, that guy's name is Ira. Clearly, he got some of the money, <laughs> you know? <laughs> His it's name is so Irish. Stupid. He must be Jewish, and I love Jewish Jews. Uh, what was the whole thing about he loves it when Jews right. take care of his money, you know? But he's not anti-Semitic. Yeah. He just promotes, you know, uh, ethnic stereotypes. That you know, my right. daughter well, married a Jew, so I'm, I'm I can't hate Jews because my daughter married one of them. It's impossible, right? Yeah, right. My, yeah. My grandchildren are technically Jewish, therefore, um, and I treat my other kids so great, <laughs> right? Yeah, like I'm so self-serving that obviously my children matter to me and my grandchildren matter to me. Like everybody around him is a human prop, but you know, the, the classic story of him going into his own account, the accounting firm that was dealing with his projects and there were too many black people working there. And he said he right. wanted the people with the small hats counting the money. Right. Like, just come on. Well, that's, so I, I think I, I'm going to say that Donald Trump with his three children and two asterisks. Yes. Right. Well, everybody's, yeah. you know, it's almost like this, you know, expendable genetics game that he was playing. Like you just crank them out with multiple wives because, you know, it's it's like it's like playing king. It, you right. can almost say in many ways that I mean, look at look at Jared and Ivanka as kind of like a early 14th century um, pairing of two low level royal families. You know what I mean? I own some land and some projects, and you own some land and some projects. I have a princess, you have a prince. They don't really have a relationship, but we can make them have one, I guess. You know, like it just reeked of something from an, like, a, you know, first I built it and then it fell into the swamp. So I built a second castle. <laughs> it fell into the swamp. Into the swamp. Yeah. But the fourth one stayed up. Uh, you know, what's not to like about her? She's got huge tracks of land <laughs> like that. No, you beat me to it. it. You just beat me to it. <laughs> yeah. Huge tracks of land. That's huge. Tracks of land. Um, and wh- one of the things re- I love about one of the things I love about the whole, you know, well, Russia attacked during Obama and Russia attacked during Biden. He didn't attack during Trump, and I'm like, he didn't have. He didn't to. have to. <laughs> right. Why would he waste resources attacking when Trump was destabilizing NATO? When Trump handed him the Middle East with the whole Syria debacle? When he was he negotiated for him to stop the bidding war against OPEC to help raise prices artificially on oil even before the whole right. price increase started happening. Yeah, it's like, I, you know, I had, I had this buddy who used to knock over liquor stores, and then he stopped for a while, and then he started knocking over liquor stores again. Why'd he stop? Because I was giving him liquor. Like, <laughs> what? what? Look, okay, and it becomes clearer every day. Like, part of the failure of Putin's plan 
is that it was largely based on it was you know obviously hatched and planned a couple of years ago um uh, you know as far as the mechanics of it but the idea for it was years in the making decades ever since he took over um but but Trump was an integral part of that and the idea is that he would go in there stiff arm NATO um lower their output he literally said in that Solomon interview, which I don't know that anybody points out, like he, he was talking to NATO nations and they're like, you won't protect us if Russia attacks, if we don't pay up? And he goes, nope. And he nope. goes, some of yep. them did, some of them didn't. And they're like, no, no, no. NATO is a full alliance. Article 5 is everybody or nobody. It's all, you know, uh, all for one and one for all. And if you start picking them apart, that's the destruction of NATO. That's what he was doing. That was his right. job. He had one job and he, he fucked it up. He's, you know, that's what he does. He, he literally – Trump, all he does is you give him a mission, and he will screw it up. And I think Putin had this plan that, like, okay, NATO's on its heels. They, they don't like each other. We're, we're feeding oil and gas to Germany. They need it. That will peel them off. They're one of the biggest funders of NATO, and if they're not feeling it, you know, that'll – that's enough. If Trump undermines everything and he takes those troops out, they'll feel, you know, scared that we're going to, you know, do something for real. And that'll be enough. And it wasn't. It just wasn't. And, and the reports were that Putin apparently thought it would take 11 minutes to take Kiev. That's right. the kind of thing you think if you thought, A, Trump's going to be in there for a second term. He's going to stiff arm NATO, slow walk the American response, and leave them without any arms. That's the kind of thing like that's that's the number they told him when Trump was still in office right before the election when he was calling Zelensky. They're like, right. oh, dude, he's going to he's going to he asked him for a favor and the dude's not going to do it. Perfect. We're like they're not going to get the javelins. It's going to be another year of, of you know, because he's going to miss the date to give them the materials. So they're going to have to put it in the next budget. So that delays it another year. That's plenty. And then we'll start ratcheting up next year. That I mean, it 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 reeks of it, and it's so it's so blatant. It's almost boring. Now, do do you think that one of the things that if you go like suppose go going back in time to when you know Ukraine you know split off and and became mm-hmm. some country and they had nuclear weapons, uh, and part yeah. of the deal was was that they gave up their nuclear weapons. They're like, well, we'll do that, but you have to protect us. So, so they did that, and now we're not necessarily protecting them, as I guess, as much as they would want us to. So are we kind of violating Well, no, that's a different setup. That's a, so okay. so that, was a, um, that, that wasn't a, like our responsibility um, okay. for you giving up. You, we're just incorporate you kind of into modern Western society, but it wasn't – it was simply that – we're not going to aim anything at you if we end up in this. And this was still a ratchet up of the actual, you know, the Soviet Union transitioning into Russia. It was falling apart. And by the way, it's going to. Russia's going right. to, in its current form, will divide up into three more countries. It's, I mean, Moscow and St. Petersburg and that area will be like what we think of as Russia. And then huge chunks of Siberia and other places will break off into these other like wasteland republics of something else. Just like Kazakhstan did, you know, in a lot of ways. But the Ukrainians were supposed to be this kind of general truce area. Like, it was okay. We're, we're not going to attack Russia. We never intended the Soviet Union split. Once, you know, in 1997, NATO and Russia signed this founding agreement, which everybody conveniently ignores, which mm-hmm. was Russia and NATO agreeing to a certain set of principles. One was 
the right to determine your own security and the means for that security for yourself, all countries, including Ukraine. You can join NATO or not join NATO. We don't care. 1997, Russia signed on to that under Yeltsin. End of conversation. When Putin came in, he didn't tear it up. He didn't tear it up in 2010. He didn't tear it up in 2014. He just attacked. He pretended it didn't exist. And all this stuff about the, the push of NATO, the NATO, it's NATO alliance is squeezing Russia. Like, okay, first of all, NATO was in that founding agreement, was working with Russia to push back against Middle Eastern extremists like what like were growing in Afghanistan and uh, China and some elements of Southeast Asia that were you know viewed as breakaways as well. And the random possibility that Pakistan goes rogue or does something nuts in a fight with India, and that gets divided up. So NATO at one point was thinking, oh, Russia can join NATO, and this will be sort of a Western alliance as they grow into democracy against Eastern and Middle Eastern countries that are run on dictatorships. This will work. This is great. And they, and they started this agreement. The problem is they just didn't realize that Putin never had that intention. He right. never was going to do that. He, you know, and so it, it's sort of, you know, it, I, I have grown over time to believe that the whole, like, fall of the Soviet Union from, from Putin's standpoint was a rope-a-dope. Mm-hmm. It was just, we'll just we're going to lose. It's standard KGB practice. We'll just fall back. We'll just pretend we've got, you know, we're, yeah, you guys won. We lost. Uh, we'll just, we're going to play nice and we'll re, we'll build some money up. We'll build some industry up. We'll build some gas pipelines up and we'll fund our military with this money. And that'll help us out. That'll, that'll clear the way for us. And, you know, and then this, he sees this as the snare. You have to pull it at some point. You can't lay it out there. A squirrel's not going to buy it forever. And right. He missed. I, I don't know when his window would have worked, you know, but maybe 9-11 threw it off, that this should have happened sooner. Maybe without 9-11, they tried this in 2006 or something like that. But from a geopolitical strategic standpoint, garbage. I mean, it was always dumb, but it might have worked when we were like, hey, welcome to the world of nations. You know what I mean? Because everybody, after they tore down the wall, they're like, see, we can all be friends now. But that's never what I – mean, listen to Putin talk. That's not what he's talking about. It's not what he's ever felt. You know what I mean? He's a, he's a hardliner. He's the Osama bin Laden of Russia. He really is. He's a, you know, he's a purist about this stuff. The good thing is, and why we should feel very, very lucky, is that he doesn't care about the Russian people the way you know, Hitler cared about German bloodlines. He just doesn't. If he right. did, we'd we'd all be we'd all be in deep shit. Like the world would be in, you know, it would. I mean, we'd be this close to you know a nuclear Armageddon for real. But he's a businessman ultimately. He wants the right. land and it's resources. He just wants his land it's and his money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Luckily, because if it was right. really about, you know, if he if he was like that, uh, the general in in spies like us, you know, the, the evil right. American general is like. You, you would destroy the world if it would preserve the American way of life. You're goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> I will destroy I mean, the world to preserve the American way of life, which is, by the way, uh, you know, another bullshit trope. But it's more ident- more an identifier of how the you know the Russian you know KGB GRU dudes view the world. Right, and there many former like KGB folks living here now who are like. Yeah, I mean, this is this is exactly what we were saying. I mean, they were talking exactly about, about all that. One of the things that I, I kind of missed about conservatism, though, I well, guess, nowadays, 
right. is the whole mm-hmm. thing that they if if, if anybody if, if like a Democrat would have said anything about you know well shouldn't Russia get to determine it's have it having a like. America has the Monroe Doctrine. Why can't Russia have its sphere of influence? Why can't they, you know, and, and just trying to justify the actions of Russia taking, you know, violent acts against sovereign nations? I'm like, if a Democrat would have done that, the Republicans would have flipped. But now the Republicans yeah. are bending over backwards or forwards, uh, if you will, for Putin. Um, right. right. And, and, well, and I don't because, know if it's. I mean, there's a big portion of them. Right. There's a big portion of them that view, you know, that view Russia as a. Christian white ethno state. There's a chunk of those guys, not a lot of them, honestly, but there's a, like what I would call the Nick Fuentes adjacent crowd, right? Right. Who, who, who you know, who lean in that direction. Um, Mearsheimer, besides being wrong all the time, um, is has you know consistently some of the dumbest takes about like NATO expansion nonsense. Like we should just leave them alone. Like okay, we are. It, and, and at no point was the United States muscling Ukraine into behaving, you know, as a puppet state or any of that nonsense. And, but even if you wrote out this entire idea, and the, you know, I don't, you know, know why anybody floats doesn't float this with Republicans occasionally, but they're like, well, you know, like I, I want to say like friggin' Sargon of Akkad and all these right wing talkers from both England and the United States are all talking about this is like, well, you know. Ukraine was going to be a puppet state of the United States, and you know Russia was scared of that, so they want to make them a puppet state of Russia. And you're like, well, there is a huge difference between being a puppet state of the United States and a puppet state of Russia. If you're a puppet state of Russia, they just bulldoze you. They just take right. your stuff. Ask Afghanistan. We built schools as bad as what we did there was. What the ultimate result was, or at least the vain attempt at doing it, was to try and style a democracy, try to allow like women to go to school, normalize, modernize, and try to moderate what was going on there. The Russians literally destroyed half of every town – like half of the villages, towns, and cities in the whole country, just destroyed them because the idea was you see what we're going to do the other half? That was it. That's what they do. And so if you're going to be, quote, unquote, a puppet of something, which would you prefer, the democracy that wants you to finally stand on your own, which is sort of parental, or a dictator who's like, I can't wait to squash you like a bug? Secondarily, they weren't. They were never a puppet state of the United States or the EU. They simply just wanted to operate as a democracy in the world, and Ukraine has the ability to become, quite frankly, bigger than Germany. They really do because they have more resources, standing resources than Germany does. They've got you know, every bit as much culture. They've got every bit as much tourism if they can rebuild some of the stuff. It's a ginormous country with a lot of people in it, with a lot of culture, you know. and Germany knows this. You know, it might have been one of the reasons why they were kind of tepid in their support because it's one of the areas where they'll, you know, it'll eat some of their lunch. But right. it's still just ultimately going to be among France and Germany and Hungary and you know, Lithuania and Bulgaria and stuff like that. It's not you – know, but unlike Russia, which is like we only exist for one purpose. We're an oil and gas oligarchy and with with a giant gun pointed at the world. That's it. That's all we do, 100%. And there's not even a pretense that they do anything else, even to themselves. That's the hilarious part. Right. And I don't think I, – I want to say this one to you because I don't think I, I don't think I came up with this one until after you were out last on the show was you know the whole mm-hmm. thing like Putin comes in and he's like, you know, oh, we're just a peacekeeping force. And I'm like, of course they're a peacekeeping force. They take a piece of Ukraine and they keep it. It's peacekeeping, right? Yes, right. Yeah. Right. So we keep a piece of here and we keep a piece of this and we keep a piece of right. Um, we're, we're, we're just taking, we're just keeping 
bigger pieces this time is all. You know, right. we want the giant piece of your country. Um, you know, the irony is, is that that's what, you know, left to right what people have complained about America doing over the years. And we have, for whatever it's worth, um, especially because of the lessons of, Af- you know, of Iraq and Afghanistan, have dialed back what we're doing there and, and left Afghanistan. But we've also, like the entire American public, with almost, almost without fail, is like, yeah, we don't do that anymore. We're not doing that stuff. Like if you poll anyone, like it's – we're talking like 80% of people are like, we don't, need to, we don't need to go anywhere anymore. Right. And – which is not necessarily true, but that's just how gun-shy we are about the idea and how Americans genuinely have this sense of like, yeah, we're not going to – we're not doing that. We're, you know, whereas in, in Russia, it's just kind of the opposite. Like, well, we don't exist unless we take a bigger thing. We, we, this is our industry. This is it. And the Russian right. people are like, we have to we have to liberate these other countries so they can join us. And like, okay, how far does that extend? Forever. <laughs> right. Like, if you ask, you know, they look at the polling that you know the Russian people that support the war are like, you know, they're all about two inches away from. Well, Germany's part of Russia anyway. It's like old Sudetenland language from 1942 right. or 39, I guess. But yeah. I, I just, you know, like, and it used to be like, like conservatism used to be like, oh, we, we need to go out and we need to, you know, have peace and we need to, you know, you know, we need to go out and, and, and defend democracy mm-hmm. around the world and, and, and mm-hmm. cheer it when they did it. And now it's like, why are we worrying about the borders of Ukraine? We can't even control the borders of, of the United States, even though the fact that oh. we stopped. Oh, it's even worse than that. Yeah, it's even worse than that. I mean, they're not. They're going beyond to like we have to defend democracy in the world to uh, we're not even a democracy. We're a republic, and democracy is a waste of time. And Democrats, that's what all they care about because they want everybody to have individual control over this country. They want mob rule, and that's what democracy is. They crap talk democracy as a concept now. And then, right. you know, not only do they not want to defend it around the world, but they, you know, a lot of them are like, well, these autocrats kind of have a point. I mean, say what you will, but he's, you know, he's a strong leader. That's the whole Trump thing about Xi Jinping, about Kim Jong-un, about Vladimir Putin. It's like, well, you, I mean, country, big, powerful countries like that kind of need a big, powerful leader, don't you? I mean, while we're talking about it, like, so it's, it's, been, it's gone beyond even that kind of a shift. Now, for the record – I don't think that's the majority of Republicans in the country anymore, and I think a lot of them are waking up from that haze, which is a right. good thing. That's a, that's think, a huge step forward. But I think there, there are some them. that are coming forward. I, I, I do know Republicans are like, I'm a Republican, I don't like Trump, I'm a Republican, I don't agree with this, and fine, you know, it's good that they're, that they're mm-hmm. waking up to that. But so, I mean, just, like, if, if mm-hmm. Barack Obama, when he was president, if he would have mm-hmm. said, I want a military-style parade down the streets of Washington, D.C., right. Like like Putin had like like she's like like all these other you know that that spots have you know would yeah you know they would have been calling oh, for yeah. the no, the Republicans would have, no they would have the lost Republicans their they would have lost yeah they would have flipped out and then um, Democrats would have flipped out they would have gone I told right. you he was gonna like can you imagine the like the hyper progressive left like I told you they're all neocons. It's all the same thing. Democrats and Republicans, two legs in the same pair of pants. There's no difference. We have a one-party system, right? Right. And, and the fact that and the fact that he didn't 
and Trump did doesn't affect their thinking at all. You know what I mean? Like the fact that Trump was like, I need a military parade like Kim Jong-un, and I need jet fighters in the streets, and we need tanks rolling down like a Bastille Day thing on on benzodiazepines. And, you know, the fact that Trump said that, and like that wouldn't even occur to Obama or Biden or Clinton or Carter or anybody. They're like, man, it didn't make a difference. They're the same. They just – the, the, the Democrats right. are worse because they hide the fact that they have a little military parade in their own head every night. It's how they go to sleep. They don't count sheep. Tanks fly over their heads through clouds. Like, it's, you know, that runaway ideology, you know, which has been this kind of like the attack of whataboutism, this giant Godzilla of whataboutism, is, is just like one of the more irritating aspects of current politics to me because – how much difference do you need to be shown, right? How, right. Literally. Come on. Like, I get it when you're like, I mean, what's the difference between, you know, Bush 2 and, you know, and Clinton to some degree on a geopolitical – in dealing with Kuwaiti or like that kind of argument. Okay, fine, whatever. But these days, get fucked. Seriously. This is <laughs> silly. No, like, I, I like to call myself like I've called myself labeled myself a pragmatic progressive when it comes to things like yeah. I want right. certain things. I want I want That's Medicare for all. Yeah, I, I would love Medicare for all, but I also understood that during the election that when like places polled mm-hmm. Medicare for all, the one thing that polled better than Medicare for all was Biden's was plan. the public option. Right. right. Why, was, so why ninety percent? So they kept on asking me why won't Biden support Medicare for all. Because his plan, plan polls better. It, why would he right. stop supporting his own plan that's polling better than Medicare for all? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Like, like there are right. also the, a lot in that I, same poll you're talking about because it gets brought up a lot. Like, you know, Jimmy Dore uses that poll to attack Bernie Sanders these days, right? <laughs> Kyle Kalinske <laughs> attacks, attacks Bernie Sanders using that poll. But if you look at that poll, the 80% that support Medicare for all in that poll that they always talk about, in the same poll, those people don't know that Medicare for all means the elimination of all private insurance. Right. It, which it does. In that case, that's what that means. The elimination of private insurance goes away. That's the whole system. Single payer, that's where everybody gets paid. Everybody gets from Medicare. There is no other system. A public option, however, that's what most of the people who are for Medicare for all, if you ask them, they just like the name and they think Medicare for all is a buy-in to Medicare for everybody, which is basically a public option. And you're like, look, we have public schools and we have private schools. We have public, we have tutors, and we have you know, uh, you know, volunteer programs at the library to help people read. We have police, and you can hire a bodyguard if you need one. Like we, you can, you can buy your own plane and fly it around, or you can fly commercial. Like. There are options in this life. There's nothing wrong with starting there. And then what you do is, with the public option particularly, is that eventually you have a nonprofit motive-driven system on a federal level, and states can do it too. And I right. always advocated for this. You got um, you know, the states that do have a single-payer system within themselves could open themselves up to a broader pool of money by being the best ones. So you literally would have competition among like nonprofit systems would be incredible. If you could, like you're in, let's say you live in Washington State, they have a single payer system. They're a you know a 
for you that you can be a part of, a state-run nonprofit that benefits, you know, the profits to it only go to help the needy, right, that, or right. pay for roads or whatever the hell they use it for, schools and like just like the lottery or something, but it has one and it works better. So you, right. could, you could buy across state lines and in that. Well, that was in the ACA. That, that system's in the ACA, and the triggers for it still exist to make that happen. The states just have to implement them, and you kill the across-state lines part, which is technically the triggers there. Nobody's just acted on it. And then you've got a great system because not only – you don't have one federal system that Republicans, if they ever got in charge, could undermine just like they tried to kill the ACA. You can buy across state lines into – any state, and then states recognize, oh wow, we can make a decent m- amount of money. Like, a, I mean, insurance companies make a lot of money, right? Well, but that profit doesn't go to, you know, corporate shareholders or anything like that. It goes to the state. It helps us. It pays for our schools. It pays for, you know, and if people are attracted to it because they get great care, but they, you know, and they know they're not their profits aren't just going to buy, you know, boats for rich dudes. They might buy into ours if it works really well, and so there's this competition of like services amongst multiple nonprofits in the insurance area, which would be incredible considering how big the economies of a lot of our states are, right? right? California, Texas, New York, those guys start doing, you know, their own version of single payer, and you can buy across state lines. Forget about it. Like the, nobody can nobody can capsize that. Republicans could take over the federal government entirely top to tails, and they couldn't get rid of it because they would never stop the cross-state lines commerce aspect of it. They would never kill that because it's in violation of their, their belief systems. Right. Be, like That, to me, that's what you, you strive for, but it takes work. Clamoring about, about Medicare for All because you like the name and putting a bumper sticker you know, and being a slacktivist about it doesn't actually move the needle, and you can always complain. And that's where I think the addiction comes from. You know, but the, 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 the Republicans are having the same problem. And the problem on the other side of the aisle with the Republican plan is that the Republican plans that well, I call I say plan. I don't think there was ever any intent to have whatever piece of garbage that they were holding up uh, when they wanted their not. compromise bill, which was their bill to actually pass. But one of the problems with their plan is that is that um, you you, mm-hmm. you you unregulated it's two weeks away the problem. You you unregulated it so that you know it was a race to the bottom so that, you know, so that yep. you could get the one with the least amount of regulations. And then B uh, the, the, is that you, the people who were, um, I guess, more at risk to the, to the insurance companies because they had preexisting conditions would have to go mm-hmm. into state run high risk pools. And the problem with state run high risk pools well, is that right. insurance companies, when they have pools have the benefits of like high risk and low risk people and they offset um, oh yeah. If you don't, if, if you don't get the benefit of the low risk people, you can't. You, you, the high risk people are going to force you out of business and you're going to go bankrupt. Well, right. Which is also why they don't. They, you know, ironically, against everything they say about interstate commerce, they don't want you to be able to buy insurance across state lines. They've always done that. They've always fought that for that very same reason. And so, of course, they want to choke the system. I mean, and I'm sure there's a mix of people like, well, profit motive is not a bad thing, so we need to work on that as well. Um, but also the other half of it is like, you can't save everybody and you got to call the herd every so often because, you, you know, I don't know that these people deserve to be around. Like there's a bunch of that these days. You know, there's a nihilistic kind of Thanos standing crowd, um, you know, loitering around the edges. Right. 
I yeah. think the only difference that I would have between your plan and, and my plan would be, I would say, let the cost savings come in the, in, in for, for the insurance premium. So that you, it's like, like my biggest selling point versus for public option versus, versus mm-hmm. uh, Medicare for all, I would say is that, you know, it doesn't make a difference to me if I'm paying for the premium as a pre-tax deduction, you know, or if I'm paying mm-hmm. for it with increased taxes, it, it then becomes the same thing. And I don't necessarily think that we should be making it so that, you know, the prices are close so that the, so that the states can, you know, quote, profit off of it or, or fund other things. Maybe mm-hmm. I think we should maybe find other ways to fund those other things. But generally speaking, I think well, yeah, I, 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 agree, mean, I agree with what you said. Right. Yeah, and there's, you know, mechanically you, you run aground on a couple of things uh, insofar as constitutional issues in the function of our government in terms of people's work. And that, uh, right. that, that difficult 13th Amendment, I think, in a lot of ways. <laughs> For um, for making people work for an you know uh, at a certain level for a certain amount of pay and never being able to do anything about it. So, uh, in the broader sense, they'll use that to just kind of defend uh, you know pharmaceutical company profits or whatever. But on an individual level, nurses, doctors, highly skilled healthcare professionals, um, you know, aren't going to flock to a place like the United States or whatever. Um, or or try to grow here if they can't make a living in in balance to the amount of stress or whatever their job is. Now you know oh, whatever you feel no, about no, I'm it. I'm not saying we should cut pay. I'm not saying we should cut pay. I'm just saying that you know those money that no, would go I, towards yeah, no. the corporate profits would would potentially just be premium savings for people who want to buy for the public option. One of the things that about right. the healthcare that that amuses me the most are the people who are like if if we could pay for. Uh, injections for the COVID vaccine for, for people. Why can't we pay for insulin? I'm like, okay, good. Let's pay, <laughs> let's do both. Yeah. We're, we're almost there. Come, come with us. Right. Come all the way. Also, uh, you know, insulin's one of those things where uh, like that seems like one of the easiest things to solve. And I don't know why it hasn't before, because it's not a patented drug. We're not talking about, the mRNA vaccine technology and how difficult it was to come up with and how much money you spent on testing and all that. Insulin is friggin' insulin is friggin' insulin. Like make an insulin farm. The state knows you need it. It's a, you know, if we could grow types of blood, we'd be able to do that too. You know what I mean? And we can with right. insulin, it can be produced chemically. So like, that's always been one of the things that boggles my mind where the state doesn't just go, um, you know, a volume of it is necessary or whatever. So, you know, like any defense thing, because I think most everybody will put healthcare under the uh, the common welfare or right. know, the general welfare, and I think it actually falls under the common defense because you have more of a chance of being killed by an infectious disease or, or in, fra- in fact, heart disease uh, than you do by a terrorist or a bullet in your life. Period. And so, if you go, we're defending the lives and uh, liberty of the people. Well, if you're coughing on a ventilator, you obviously don't have liberty at that right. point so why does why does the villain that we're fighting against if it was a it was an alien xenomorph right and it was starship troopers and everybody's like yeah of course that's the defense we're fighting back against it. okay well what's the difference between that and a virus then and so to some degree we have that which is the cdc um and the nih right so i think these uh, i think the cdc and the nih in many ways fall under kind of the concept of defense more than anything else and i don't know why you know, I think that's one of the ways you could get Republicans maybe on board to think there's sort of a macho into it, you know. And we even talked about that during tuberculosis and polio 
and, uh, you know, other outbreaks. You know, they're soldiers on the front lines of health. That kind right. of talk, there was a reason for that because it was a way to gin up support for getting the polio vaccine everywhere, you know, and not looking at it as like we're just handing out sugar cubes so kids don't get wobbly legs, which, you know, is, is how you stop – you take, get the public to take it seriously. But that's, you know, that's, again, another it, – it's, it's sort of part of the messaging overall. But the reality is, is that if you can get a public option and there's, the, there's room to actually have it available where people can buy into it, and I think there is actually room for that, we're going to need more senators – um, which I, you know, we got to get, um, right. but you get to that point, you don't even need that many. You do five and you keep the Romneys of the world. They're going to, they come, you know, he comes from a state originally that had a, uh, a public option for that state. So he'll vote for it, the availability of it, especially if it has the seeds of people buying into his old state's stuff. Right. Um, right. you know, and buying, and buying into it doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that poor people have to come up with that. I mean, if you're, if you're poor, yeah. you know, like I would say like, if, if, what is it four, like maybe make, what is it? The idea I think was four times the, the poverty rate you would qualify poverty for rate. Yeah, four times the poverty level, you would qualify for subsidies that would pay for your premium so you could get on the public option. So right. it, it, that, making yeah. it a public, not just publicly available to people, but publicly affordable to everybody. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And then what you would find is that, um, quite frankly, since the government's either subsidizing it or giving it as a tax break or allowing, you know, uh, hospital corporations or, or pharmaceutical companies to write off greater parts of their profit stuff by taking in more people, especially if they're across the, the lower risk pool that lowers the premiums for everybody else. Because they, it's not that they get money from those premiums that, you know, that by with that broader group of people, they just get a tax break potentially – I mean, we're doing it with sports teams for crying out loud. Do I care right. if we're doing it to save people from cancer? So uh, if you have a situation where you can add more people to the pool, um, then I say go for it. Right. And one of the yeah. things I think that, that Trump tries to take credit for is the whole, like, how yeah. he made, like, he tried to claim that, like, EpiPens and um, EpiPens right. and, um, and the insulin costs at the at, – would go down and be would, would be cut severely. And I did the math on the show one day during like when he said this, and it turns out like I think it affected three tenths of one percent of the entire population of the country. That's how many people were affected by his executive order. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and that's you know that's what happens when you have somebody in office who's doing it for the PR of it. And it does. And again, that is the distinction. And Democrats, for whatever their failings and however you feel about it, are all in the business, people's lives better. We, you know, nobody, nobody hits it all the time. Nobody hits it out of the park. Right. Um, every, you know, with every swing. But we're, you know, every time Democrats step up to the plate, they're genuinely trying to gain some ground validly for people. From the ACA to gay marriage to the Violence Against Women Act, like that's the stuff. Every time. And the Republicans are like, tax cuts, let's bankrupt this place. It's, it's not America until Vladimir Putin can drown this country in a bathtub. And, and that's – there is a distinction. There is a huge distinction between that. And nobody can tell me that if Al Gore was president in 2001, we would have had the same response. We would have gone into Iraq and Afghanistan if, if Al Gore had been the president. Uh, like, well, it's, please. First of all, he would have read the PDB. <laughs> right, <laughs> and there's a, there's a chance they would have responded well. 
They would have right. actually, he well, would have been a president. Way back in the day, back in 2004, I ran for Congress. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things I did before deciding to run for Congress was I read the 9-11 Commission Report. And just because mm-hmm. I wanted to be knowledgeable about that, about that. Now, I felt a little weird one time because I was flying home uh, to, to, to Baltimore, where, I, where I'm from. And here I am right. in the middle of an airport with a highlighter and sticky notes reading the 9-11 Commission Report about an attack on this country from airplanes. And I'm like, I wonder how many people think I'm a complete weirdo for reading this book. <laughs> right. Um, right, right. But well, I'm a weirdo in all other ways. So it's fine. I'm, yeah. I'm used to it. But yeah. So, but, the, you but, know, but yeah, like, in terms not of only would it the response, right? Right. Not only would he have yeah. read the PDB, but, you know, if we would have had that kind of seamless transition from Clinton to Gore, they would have reacted to, because they found out, I think, in December of, of, two, of mm-hmm. 2000, that it mm-hmm. was Osama bin Laden that attacked the coal that was behind the attack of the USS coal. And because right. they found that out, if, if it would have been Gore coming into office, they would have then acted on it and said, okay, let's go after bin Laden now for doing this. But they didn't want to just hand Bush a war. So they decided, okay, we're going, we don't have to act on this immediately, but here's mm-hmm. the PDB. Here's the information. Here's the information that we have about bin Laden and that, that bin Laden was responsible for attacking us. Do what you will. And what they did was nothing. So, right. Right. And, and again, it does matter. It matters. In, it, it matters that you have competent people who actually want the the people of the country to do better in their lives and that the great wealth and and you know military and the industry of the United States um be guided in the best direction possible it is i mean this country in a lot of ways is a penis if it's unguided and if and and, uh, and attached to the wrong person um you know there's a there's a huge difference in um you know in these situations um but yeah, hold on one second um um let's see i'm going to send my case um i'm at, the show's about to start in a couple of minutes so beg, beg okay. Say, um, okay yeah um how long do you have but, uh four minutes um i got like 10 minutes i think I mean, like okay that. that's fine yeah. just yeah. let me know yeah yeah so um you know this you have to understand like the, the like the power range and possibility of this country and then you go okay it's not going to go away it isn't this right. isn't you know whoever gets elected next is not going to not is like america's not going to vaporize i don't it's not going to happen so who you put in charge of it matters a lot like even the most it's like a it's like a Mack truck or a cruise ship or something ginormous. It's not a gnat. It's not a fly. It's not a, you know, a rowboat. And because it's, so the direction it sails in, if it's misguided by a little bit um, or corrected by a little bit, the difference between the damage and the good it can do is enormous. And, and so I think a lot of people kind of shrug off their, their own responsibility in voting and go, well, you know, that's, I mean, it's the Jimmy Doring of the world. You know what I mean? Where a bunch of these people are like, it doesn't matter. So everything sucks. There's never any good that can be done. America bad. Everything America does is bad. And the quicker it burns down, the better. So that what? China and Russia can run the place? Come on. So anyways, like it, I, I believe in sort of the adulthood of, you know, this kind of decisions. And I think, you know, of these kind of decisions in terms of who you're voting for. And looking back on – you know, on 2001, especially, you know, Patriot Act, all that kind of stuff. And you're going, man, look, Al Gore 
You know why Al Gore was wooden and came across as stiff? Because he was transitioning in, you know, in the 90s politically. He was vice president during a time when the physical gestures of the president dealing with the Middle East mattered more than ever before. Because giving the thumbs up is fuck you in the Middle East. Right. And, right? And so Clinton started doing that, you know, that pushy little thumb. Where he just you know squeezes, it's like the fist with the little. You're just kind of leading with your right. nail. You're not really giving yeah. thumbs up. You're just going, yeah, a little bit, just the tip of it. I can see Daryl. Um, I see Daryl Hammond doing it too. I, I, I can see the imitation of Daryl Hammond doing it like excessively, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's okay. okay. So one of the right. So Gore's there during all that stuff, and right. during that time, they're going, okay, you can't slash your hands um, straight up and down because people think that means you want to lop their heads off. So you've got to. Anytime you gesture with an open hand, you have to do it slightly diagonally, that kind of stuff. And he's coming up during that period, right? And he's kind of, many of the same kind of like weights around him in terms of behavior because he wants to be a decent, inclusive human being and be a good leader of the country where he's not alienating people for the wrong reasons. You know, if you want to tell the, the Middle East to fuck off at some point, you do it because you want to, not because you accidentally made the wrong gesture when you're getting off right. a plane like a dumbass. And, 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 you know, and he got swamped by Bush, who's like, how you doing? Big thumb in the air. Like, and, and Trump, ultimately, who can't stop taking pictures with his thumb up, you know, with this idea, because it, 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 there's just a slice of the American public that didn't recognize that was necessary. And it very well may not have been. Quite frankly, the Middle East, you know, hand gestures were not, you know, if they walked around giving the middle finger for stuff, they'd learn very quickly not to do it. But they wouldn't, a lot of them wouldn't care. And a bunch of us wouldn't, we'd go, that's hilarious. That's how they say hello and cutter. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. we wouldn't, the American people wouldn't, we wouldn't answer, you know, like, or uh, dehumanize the people of that country and go, they're stupid. Don't do that gesture. Cause it's like, a, it's like red in front of a bull or dogs sense fear. <laughs> like, and, uh, you know, it's a little patronizing. And I think he got, you know, he got caught up in that by trying to be the good guy, trying to actually do some good. And how was he rewarded? By, you know, a, a, a bunch of Democrats, you know, going, eh, I don't know. Right. The other guy seems like I could have a beer with him. Then, you know, fast forward to Hillary Clinton, same thing, 75,000. I don't know. She sounds like a neoliberal monster to me. She's a war hawk. At least Trump won't try to, you know, sure he's got 27 credible sexual assault allegations, one including possibly a 13-year-old girl. But, you know, Hillary just rubs me the wrong way. That whole thing where she tried to get kids insurance in the 90s, what a bitch. You know, so <laughs> those folks cost us three states. She, you know, she won by three million votes and lost three states. And to this day, they're like, that wasn't me. You know, like, it totally was. Shut up. So, Well, there, we there's a PBS have, article yeah. where it's like they did a poll of 50,000 people in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin – and was it 11% or 12% of the people who voted for Bernie in the primaries voted for a Trump in the general election? And had those people just voted for um, the Green Party? They not at all. Or not right. at all, they, they, Hillary would have won. Like, yep. Exactly. Uh, and, and by I, the way, I, I, you, you, don't get to, you don't get to walk back all the damage done in that time. It, like the, the number of civilian deaths and you know, casualties from collateral damage, from drone strikes and military actions under the United States, was up 80% in the first year of Trump, and in his first year there were more civilian deaths than in all eight years of Obama. I, I, like you don't, you don't shrug off that kind of consequence. You know, well, 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 conservatives love to say facts don't care about your feelings, but conservative feelings right. don't care about facts either. 
<laughs> right, exactly. And well, and and the reality is is that that's a that's a fact. Like, what's the difference? Ten dead people or a thousand dead people? Well, let me see. Depends. Am I one of the dead people, or do I know any of the dead people? Is that right. my criteria? I don't give a crap if I know them or not. The sheer number of the, each of these people is a human being, and my goal is to get that number down to zero. As a matter of fact, I would like to get it to negative zero, where we are, uh, you know, a, a mass exporter of life. Um, but it's not going to happen in an afternoon. I don't have any illusions about that. I also don't believe that there aren't monsters in the world who mean to do us in. Like, you know what? Tell the FBI to pack it up. There are no Hannibal Lecters. We're done. Like, what kind of goofy <laughs> bullshit? Um, I mean, and it's funny. It, I find it very funny that the biggest enemy of the FBI right now, Matt Gates in the right wing, like they right. are all freaking out. What like, happened and, to the law enforcement? <laughs> right. Oh, it's, yeah. Well, it's, it's, that, it's, that ended when they beat a bunch of them on the Capitol steps. Right. It's never because it's, it's not about supporting the supporting the cops. It's about supporting the cops when they beat up black people. Right. Well, and also, if the cops defend themselves against a white person, terrible. Well, you got to you got to exert the control over you know the you know whatever my my belief about the status quo is. Right. And that's that's crucial. You know. Um. And and you know you know one of the things in the conversation, especially about cops and race in this country, that we forget about is that a there are a lot of you know what we would colloquially refer to as poor white trash that are broomed by the cops all the time, and the right. white community that's surrounded by these people um, are for it because it's sort of taken out the family trash. They look at you know some of them look at the oxycontin and uh, you know opioid epidemic as a way of like well you know Gary was kind of a pain in the ass and he was pretty far gone so it's sad but you know everybody's a little better off. There's a lot of that. And you go to rural mm-hmm. Indiana, rural Tennessee, rural Alabama, Kentucky, those kind of places. There's a bunch of them right. who are like, well, it's sad, and we had a funeral. It was really bitter, but he was – every time we saw him, he was a mess, and it's time to go. They do the same thing with the police. So our focus you know, on the left about how they treat black people, which is you know, statistically a significant thing, but by volume – um, you know, doesn't even chart next to the number of like, you know, this is like a, a, a Filipino, I think he was Filipino, a Filipino dude and a white dude who were killed just the same way as George Floyd was. Um, right. Knee on the neck, the whole deal. Nobody cares because it's, they think it's the racial disparity. Well, that's what, that's part of buying into the right wing part of it. You don't recognize that, um, you know, that in some areas, this is really just their view of sort of trash humanity. Some of them are straight up just line item racist. But the other thing is that it's classes. They just that's how they get rid of poor people. And, right. and you know, and either way, that's that shouldn't be the job. That shouldn't be the call. That shouldn't be the circumstance that, that cops find themselves in either. So these guys only want that. That's what they're doing. You're basically like you're not a cop, you're a garbage man. And you're not there and because I forget, and I forget the last, rights and freedoms. Yeah. But I forget the last name of the guy, but I know I remember his I think his first name was Daniel. Oddly enough, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like mm-hmm. it was a white guy that was shot right. by the cops and, and, and but the conservative said nothing about them, him. Who who said mm-hmm. who's who was the one that talked about him? Black Lives Matter. You know, the people like right. Peter McKesson and other people were, were out there saying, This is wrong too. You know, and, right. and, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and there's a lot of things to be made yeah. there. And that's I mean that's 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 where I think community, you know, and, and connection comes around that is stuff that we can all agree that there need to be 
well-trained cops that are honorable that do their job and any bad ones make the good cops lives harder we can all agree on that so let's set up a system for example where we can get rid of the bad cops and make it easier for police departments and stuff to get rid of them well guess who did obama biden put together the cops program if you'll recall and who erased it with a stroke of a pen when he got in office Two right. years before George Floyd, that is a system, by the way, that had been in place, had it still been in place, would have gotten rid of Derek Chauvin, and George Floyd would be alive today. None of us would know his name. Right. You know, that, that's – and, you know, the same time he capsized the COVID, uh, you know, the pandemic response team, he did the COPS program. Two years later, what do we got? <laughs> we literally had lots, lots more deaths George than we Floyd needed to, in, and, yeah, George Floyd, yeah. and lots more deaths than we – should have had in both ways, mm-hmm. but they're pro-life. Right. We had they're they're, they're exactly. pro-life, right? Yeah, they love life. Yeah, exactly. Before right. you come out the uterus. Hey, man, it, you know, cannon cannon fodder is life in air quotes. Come on, right. um, you know they, that's why. I mean, that's why they like that's why they like Putin. That's why you know life life. Hey, man, every life is has a purpose. Um, most of it's to be chummed, you know to to catch big trash fish or to, to uh, mulch for fertilizer, you know, Soylent Green is people and people. Right. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe that, that a like, company named their food product Soylent? Like when they had like some drink. Soylent. Oh, yeah. we're, we're, I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. How, why? How? Well, cause um, they're being ironic and yeah, it's, a, I, it's a 60s movie. Also yeah. um, for the record, I've, I've told people this before and I don't know how much, I, how much more I can clarify it. Soylent Green is not people. Soylent green is avocado. Soylent beige is people. Don't whatever you do, stay away from the soylent beige. Right. That's the yeah. Uh, so, they mix um, it up with some milk or some oats or something, and it waters the color down. So it's like it's just a mix of everybody. Um, real quick, before you yeah. have to go, do you do you do you yep. believe that Trump never heard the the term burner phone before? Oh, no way. I mean, even – look, John Bolton's a monster, but even he's like, we talked about burner phones. There is nobody who's been, for God's sakes, no one who has been president of the United States who's had one briefing with the intel community who hasn't heard the term burner phone. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's impossible. You can't – and the fact – here's – and I mean if Trump wants to believe – if he wants you to believe that, you have to believe that like – the uh, I. I'm starting to believe that whole thing that he knew more about ISIS than the general thing is, 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 is hooey because I guarantee ISIS knows what a burner phone is. Um, right. So, yeah, it, it's absurd. Of course he does. And, and by the way, he used one. He uses them all the time. He, I mean nobody even would cl- – nobody with his ego would claim they don't know what a burner phone is unless they were distancing themselves. You know what I mean? Dude clearly right. knows everything. You ever seen him go, I don't know what that is, except when he's been busted? Right. It's the only time he says he doesn't know something. He always says he knows what exactly what you're talking about. He has even the best knowledge. Know the first time Nobody has it. more knowledge than I do. <laughs> yes. Right. So, I mean, the only time he's like, I don't know, that guy I used to get coffee, I think. He's like a Democrat, probably. Like, that's the only time he doesn't know somebody. I know all the best people until they're no longer the best people. It's, right. it's, it's stupid. And, and look, it's – again, burner phones are even just like pop culture awareness. Like, if you like action movies, you know what a friggin' burner phone is. Come right. on. 
So, yes, no, of course he does. He, and, and by the way, the reason he says that is because um, uh, there was a clearly a burner phone being used in the meeting with uh, um, the, the you know, Vilnius, uh, Veselnitskaya, Natalia right. Veselnitskaya, the, the Trump Tower meeting or whatever. But, dude, it, Trump uses a burner phone because it can't be traced, but they can just destroy it and throw it out. Because he doesn't even email because they, he doesn't like a trace of it, right? Right. So they, 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 you know, he, he uses a burner phone, and he calls Jared's phone on the burner phone, and then he just leaves it open on the desk. Like, he's not here. He's here, but he's not here. You know, that's right. how he does it. That's, like, come on. Like, even if you – because, look, if I got busted in that situation, I'm a, I'm a notorious egomaniac and a, and a fantastic <laughs> narcissist. And it, it annoys me when people say that Trump's a narcissist when he absolutely isn't. He's a, got low self-esteem, and he's completely full of shit. But um, as somebody who's a total know-it-all and which Trump purports to be all the time, I would never even be able to say I don't know what a burner phone is. Like – you know what I mean? It would be embarrassing right. to me. It would. I'd go. Yeah, of course I know what a burner phone is. I don't use burner phones. What am I, a drug dealer from 1994? <laughs> you know, like there's. It, it bugs me when people who are supposed at that level can't even lie well. <laughs> like you right. can't lie better than that. You have had all this practice. You've been lying your whole life. <laughs> you can't lie better than that. I mean, come on. You've lied to three wives. And six mistresses. You actually told people you've never paid for an abortion. You and you just and the best you can come up with is what's a burner? Come on, right? Come what, on. What, what, what my feeling was like, you know, there was there was some article or whatever about, you know, I forget who I think it was Brian in the chat, Demonox in the chat, who who, mm-hmm. who brought this up to me before, but it was like an somebody else might have done it. It was an ad like right now, like basically saying there are Ukrainian women who need husbands now because of the war that's going on. I'm like, wow, that's just way too soon, A. But B, is this why Trump is supporting Putin because he needs a new Ukrainian wife this time? Like, right. is, 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 is it rotating is, through the Eastern European ones? Is, is Melania ones? getting the, too old? Right. Oh, oh, definitely. I mean, did you see the statue they put up in her hometown? It looked like it was made out of butter. It was the weirdest thing. Like they, they carved it out of like a single log in one day. Um, yeah, no, he'll like he'll they uh, allegedly. I mean, you never know with any of these folks. You can't possibly know because they don't have human relationships. <laughs> these right. are all they're all basically um, you know commercial exchanges. It seems. Um, but she's apparently living in Maryland with her parents and Baron, and they they have like three visits a year where they have huh. to he, she has to do something with them and then that's it. I mean, have you ever think about this? Like, think about how much you've seen Biden and Jill together, even while he's president, and then before. You think like after he's president, when he's you know when he's Jimmy Cartering his way around the country, at you know a hundred years old, Jill's not going to be right there. Right. Like even even when Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State, or when she was Senator of New York, she still was hanging out with Bill Clinton more often than Melania does. And like he's not, he ain't busy. Right. <laughs> like what? Like four rallies? What in the last eight months? What well, we, was I mean, that an afternoon? Yeah, pretty much. 
Yeah, it's, it's absurd. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't doubt that she's got a shelf life. I mean, that's how they right. is how they do these things. It's like, and it's gross. <laughs> right. But it's also you got to understand, it's prurient and exciting for the for the traveling tent preacher set. I used to be caught up with the women in the Hollywood, had me by the short and curlies until the Lord found me. And I, I had the women around me all the time, the ne'er-do-well women. You know, like that's – like the, the point of hearing those stories when you go to an old tent revival is about 2% Jesus saves and 98% wait, you were cocaine and how many women? Oh, God, that sounds great. <laughs> But also, you have that's, the that's, same people like a lot of these people are supporting Trump, you, you know, especially in the deep red areas. It's the same reason why those same people fought on the side of the Confederate Army. That You know, they all right. think that one day if, if they work hard enough, they're going to be just like him and they want to be just like him. So they're going to fight anybody who stands up against him, even though the odds are they'll never be just like him, except for right. Arnold and races right you know well i mean they if they look if these don't say that this is america if they really applied themselves worked really hard you know put their nose to the grindstone every one of them could be 900 million dollars in debt with no way out um right but you really got to work at it you know what i mean like america's not going to just hand you that kind of debt and failure you've got to really strive like trump has i mean he was he was born worth a billion dollars period Right. Was, even like then, and dude had like what? He was getting like a hundred and twelve thousand dollars a year when he was ten years old from his father as a tax write-off. Like, yeah, he's he's a striver. He's a, he built it right. <laughs> well, Good if he Lord. would have just so, put that money into a mutual fund instead of instead of you doing his business, exactly. he would have had more money. Oh so yeah. He's, oh yeah. An yeah, all new index ended. fund. Yeah, he'd have smoked. But he, but he he'd be like, dude. I would say he had somebody figure out the whole how to make money while while running your companies into bankruptcy, but it was probably somebody else who figured that out for him and got a chunk. No, I mean I think you know I I think his I think he's a great example of absolutely somebody whose ego and idiocy had a beautiful crisscross. Like there's uh-huh. no argument there. Like this is he's a unique case because he did fuck up on his own. And it and like with focused intent, because basically what happened, he had these stupid offices in New York and this building that while his dad was still alive, he was able to get funding to build in this big ego monument to himself. And it built a mythology around him that he was able to ride out and bullshit his way through in the same way that Putin is. Like Putin is the military version of Trump the developer. Like it's all nonsense, smoke and mirrors and branding. He's, he's running on the old Russian bear. And it's the same – no wonder they found each other, for Christ's sake. Right. But Trump, Trump ultimately – apparently Eric and Don and, and Ivanka and Jared as a team would come into his office like on heavy rotation and go, there's this thing where they'll uh, – uh, uh, guys, uh, they'll, they'll give us uh, $14 million over 10 years if we slap our name on this mall in, you know, in Abu Dhabi. And he's mm-hmm. like, do it. Like, like form a second LLC for its own thing. If it fails, it fails, but do it. And that's right. it. And we'll just shape some money off of it, hide it, float it through some other bullshit, and then that'll be it. That's our job. Um, and that's and he did so many of those deals. And then at one point, it seems, 
he thought, well, these work out because they're tiny little stupid deals. And it was a shotgun approach that he's like casino stakes, football game, all this, like these big kind of splashy buys. Even if they failed, they had enough running money because apparently you can have his entire lifestyle. Yes, you, anybody listening to the sound of my voice, you can have the entire Trump lifestyle for just $25 million a year. You make $25 million a year, you can live like Donald Trump lives, period, right. like all of it, all of it, which is, which is a, an enormous amount of money. But it's dick compared to what he supposedly makes, right? And, and how, would a, how would a conservative talk show host tell you to get that way? Invest in gold. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Noble gold is the way to do it. You know, because the dollar is going to take a shit, and uh, never, and, you know, it's never been a bad bet to bet against America. Wait, what? What am I listening to? <laughs> oh, fuck off. Um, but yeah. yeah, so twenty-five million dollars. So he lives like somebody who makes twenty-five million dollars a year, and basically that's the, you know. The, the sort of business kit his father left behind. And then, you know, there was that period in the early 90s where he, he had screwed the company so bad that he had to borrow $56 million from his, his uh, brother and his sister's um, inheritance just to keep the lights on. I mean, the dude was salvaged by a television show and some other stuff, and it allowed them to sell the brand again and have enough of these deals to pad all debt off into the distance. That's all that was. Like, it's silly. So, I, like, I, again, most of these folks, there's, there's a lot of shark circling right now. And I'll end on this because i got to run. But the, there's a lot of shark circling in the Republican circles right now because there's right. a bunch of people. There's a bunch of people in the DeSantis world and other places that make way more than that every year, and they're genuinely successful. Some of them are awful. Some of them are mean. Some of them are, you know, just old school you know, they wear an R in their jersey because they always have. And then there's some genuine gross Epstein types encircling that. But all of them, every time they sit across from Trump, they go, this asshole? Like that, they're right. aggravated by the fact that he gets to tell them or got to tell them for a while what to do. Go look at those pictures of a bar or any of these other people um, sitting across from him at, at the, in the Oval Office. Right. Like they're all going. Why, why did I, how did I end up? How did I end up listening to this dickhead? So right. Um, real anyways, quick, just one thing. About, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. One thing. Sure. Um, after the last show, the next day I showed my uh, youngest Henry an episode of Lab Rats. By the next day, when I saw it on my mm -hmm. Apple TV, he was already on episode seven. So he started binging it immediately. So he loved the show. So thank you for the recommendation. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. No, I'm well, glad. I'm glad he likes it. I'm very proud. And I liked it, too. I mean, it had some humor that adults would get that kids wouldn't get. That I was like, oh, that was good. I like that. So I like it. Yeah, yeah. We had that. a little – I, you know, I, I got in about, you know, I would pitch about 12, 13 jokes a show on mm -hmm. set. And I, and I would, you know, I would always look at the edit to see which ones made it. And I had a pretty good – about an 80 percent 80 survival rate. I felt good about that. And a lot right. of them well, were meant to be those kind of old-school Warner Brothers type of jokes. I had one censored once that I didn't understand why it was censored. Mm -hmm. um, I was in the memory wipe episode, which is one of my favorites. I improvised a lot of what my character said when he was, uh, he had, they had shrunk his brain to when he was a, a, a toddler. I was basically a baby in a, in a grown man's body. And um, at one point I made a mustache with my finger across my upper lip under my nose. Mm -hmm. And I said, my, my mustache smells like finger. And I like, there's, that's not a dirty joke. No, it's not. That's just, 
it's just absurd. It's just silly. If you, you know were what I mean? like something else, then maybe. But right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, the, if I'd have uh, said, you know, my mustache, my you know, my mustache smells like Tasha, my wife on the show, I'd get right. it. But all I said yeah. was finger because my finger was in front of my face. Like it was so, it was meant to be an obtuse, you know, silly non sequitur kid stupid thing to say. And they were like, right. take this person. Like I literally heard an audible gasp from the the <laughs> Disney censor person who was there. And I'm like, what did you, where did you go? <laughs> you, you just, that says more about yeah. the Disney censor than it does about you. Yeah. Right. What do you, what do you, or what they're expecting me to say? You know what I mean? Like what is, right. who do you think I am that I, you know, but that was, I always loved that one. She was just like, <gasps> like that. And I was like, what? I, it it almost pulled me out of character, you know. If I wasn't again such an egomaniac, um, I you know I would have been pulled out of character. But uh, you know, over the top reactions are something I look for all the time. Nice. Well, let me let you go. I'm very happy you joined us. Uh, hopefully Peace. next month you'll be able to come back and join us again. I love it. That's a great idea. Appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. I appreciate it very much. Enjoy the rest of your night. Say hey to your girlfriend for us, and uh, if anybody else at infotainmentwars.com, House Sparks Mega Worldwide. Just subscribe to this channel, and you'll get notifications of whenever he goes live. Awesome. Thanks so much, Dan. Be well. Thank you so much. You have a great, great day. Bye. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. And we are going to take our final commercial break real quick, and we'll come back. We'll do uh, words of redneck wisdom um, and everything as well. If you do want to call in and say anything, it's 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will. <laughs> Catch you on the tune. Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? Yada is an FDIC-insured bank, and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com, open an account, and make your first deposit, you will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawings. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. So go to yada.liberaldan.com. That's Y-O-T-T-A dot liberaldan.com. Using gerrymandering, voter suppression, and other nefarious tactics, the Republican Party has manipulated our electoral system to maintain as much control as possible despite being a party in the minority. Liberal Dan Radio seeks to change that, and I need your help in doing so. Liberal Dan Radio has partnered with Levelfield to help us use tools that are typically only available to big money donors. When you go to StopTheCoup.LiberalDan.com and make your contribution, it will encourage other voters to reach out to their legislators to pass legislation to stop gerrymandering and voter suppression and target elected officials who refuse to protect the vote. 
Every eligible voter should be able to cast a ballot, and that ballot should have the same power as everyone else. I can't do this alone. I need your help. So please go to StopTheCoup.LiberalDan.com and make your contribution today. That's StopTheCoup.LiberalDan.com. StopTheCoup.LiberalDan.com. Political advertising paid for by Levelfield. Contributions are not tax-deductible as charitable contributions. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. Again, we're in live in the chat in YouTube and on Blog Talk Radio as well, even though no one has left really anything on Blog Talk Radio, so I'm just hiding that for now. Um, did want to do a couple more things before the show end. Um, we probably won't go a full three hours tonight, since Hal did have to jump off and go do uh go watch his uh girlfriend show which is totally understandable i appreciate that he made the time for me um but let's see every weekend and we did words of we did a hypocrite of the week earlier now we're going to do words of redneck wisdom so if you're not haven't listened to the show yet here's one of my bits and now words of redneck wisdom Brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. You know, the the Democrats love to say that trickle-down economics doesn't work. With Biden's war on energy, we're coming out of a winter where propane reserves are at record lows. Now, why does that matter that we're going into spring and we don't have hardly any propane around? Propane is used to dry grain. When grain is harvested, it's dried using propane. I provide the people of this community with propane and propane accessories. And this concludes Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. No, when I heard that caller calling in on that radio show, and he started, and he said propane like five times in a minute, I was like, I could have not helped but think of King of Hell and propane and propane accessories. But I think the only thing correct that he said uh, potentially was the fact uh, that people uh, dry grain with propane. Uh, I had to look that up. I didn't know that that was something that was done, but it is, in fact, something that apparently is done, that, that propane is used. Propane and propane accessories are used in the drying of grain. Um, now, they did say that trickle-down economics doesn't work. Um, and he, that's, that's, I guess that's another correct statement that he made, because liberals do say that, that trickle-down economics does not work. Why? Because trickle-down economics does not work. Or the way that trickle-down economic, trickle economics works is, is that you give money to a bunch of rich people. And that's it. That's how trickle-down economics works. There's no trickling. There's no, no trickling happens. It's just, uh, I like trickle-down economics. It's when I pay a hooker money and she trickles down me on, on, the, on the plastic sheets on the bed. That's my form of trickle-down economics. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. I was smart enough, and I put that all the way on the top of my of my 
um, audio clips today, so I don't have to go hunting for it every time I want to hear Donald Trump. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. So, what? Boy, ain't right. Sometimes I mess up uh, Hank Hill from King of the Hill and Anderson, the neighbor, because it's the same actor. It's the same voice actor. Uh, It's the same voice. What the hell? What? Boy, ain't right. Lame two hooligans, Baber and Buffcoat. Anyway, um, I think there's supposed to be a, a relaunching of something Beavis and Butthead soon. I don't know when that's supposed to happen, but a bunch of people who were teenagers in like the 90s are going to be like, uh, uh, well, that's cool. I'm wondering if it'll, st- if it'll hold up. Um, Daily News. Crony slash corporate capitalism doesn't work. Uh, if I die of a heart attack right now, it's just because Daily News just said something, and I don't believe that he actually said those words. Used to be that was conservatives loved capitalism, crony capitalism. I don't know. I don't know. It's oh weird. I mean, I'd be like, uh, they're coming to get me, like from Sanford and Son. Uh, <laughs> um. But I do, I do want to remind everybody, if you're still watching the show, and again, if you don't know uh, where to find House Sparks, HouseSparks.com, InfotainmentWars.com. Uh, you can search House Sparks on YouTube. It's at House Sparks on Twitter. Uh, all the different places where he is, you'll find him, and you know, he's very easy to find online. Um, so I did want to just remind everybody of that. Um Jillian left, but thank you, Jillian, for watching for watching the show. Uh, I do appreciate it. I mean, it's Hal was here. She knew she's a sparkler, so this is good. Uh, I'm glad that some of the sparklers came over here uh, and 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 listened to him on my show. He does a lot of YouTube. I mean, he does a lot of videos. So for him to make time to do what was it an hour and a half of me on top of everything that he does every day? I mean, that's awesome. Uh, so I, I dig it. You know, it's it's fine. It's all fine. Anyway, so let's see. Demonox says, it's just me and boy here now. What's gone? Let's see. Oh, capitalism in its true form is what I support. Oh, there we go. So capitalism in its true form. Uh, do, you, do you mean capitalism in its true form or do you mean competition? Do you like, do you want competition or do you want capitalism in its true form? capitalism in its true form, uh, corporations seek to eliminate their competition um, by using things like economies of scale and driving people out of the market so that they can be the monopoly. And unregulated capitalism ends up many times in monopolies taking place where uh, corporations are able to basically muscle any competition out of the market, thus keeping any demand uh just just thus taking advantage of any demand that takes place and as such since they control the supply they then get to determine artificially restrict supply and then increase prices uh, and then if anytime anybody challenges their their being in the system well then they can cut prices and make it impossible for those people to try then they just raise prices again uh let's see that's great dan free market system again a free market system an unrate you mean un they say free market, free market, free market capitalism, um, free market capitalism. Do you mean just the free market part? Do you mean, the, the, again, is, is it, is, do you like 
multiple companies trying to compete for your goods and to, for you to buy their goods and services, or do you just want no regulations so that the companies can just do whatever the heck they want to do? You know, there are people who are libertarian-minded type folks who like to be able to uh, um, they like to be able to uh, what should we call it? Say that well, there's, there should be no regulation in businesses. So what happened in the Gulf, like with the Gulf oil rig blowing up disaster, is that there would be no regulations on what should be on a rig, and that if if a rig happens to do something to damage people and hurt people or kill people, then they deal with it after the fact. But here's the thing, uh, you know, what was it that, that Keen said? In the long term, everybody's dead. So corporations are all about making money in the short term and extending the short term as much as possible, but they want to make as much money as, as quickly as possible so that they have their golden parachute once something goes wrong. If something goes wrong with the company, they can go jump out the, jump out the building, leave ship. Uh, everyone else has left to suffer, but they get their golden parachute. They still make their millions of dollars, and who cares who they hurt? Um, Government is not what corrupts free market and turns it into crony. Absolutely not. I mean, crony government can corrupt. There are corrupting parts of government that should be dealt with. You can have corruption. A lot of times it could be if the the corruption goes the other way, it's the corruption of the capitalists trying to say, hey, government, do this. Pick this winner. Pick that winner. And a lot of times conservatives will argue that that government picks winners and in some cases they're right about government not picking winners but instead you know perhaps funding people who will do what's needed to be done maybe maybe taking a little bit of a step back of you know we're we're not going to we're not going to pick who which company is going to get it we're going to allow the companies to compete for themselves to be able to get you know whatever government grants are there to like do things like green energy mass transit high speed rail you know, all those good things that we need to have as, as a country that we don't, because anytime we want to invest in infrastructure, that's communism, that's socialism, we can't have that. But again, like Obama said, uh, when it came to roads and bridges, the businesses didn't build those. Somebody else made that happen so that the bridges could be, so that those businesses could operate on those roads and bridges. Of course, conservatives lie and they'll say, oh, well, he, Barack Obama tried to tell the business owners that they didn't build their businesses. That's not what he said. But, you know, many conservatives lie about those sort of things. Monopolies, monopolies can be enabled by government daily news. It's, you say monopolies happen when government allows them to. There are some circumstances where there are natural monopolies. Like, for example, you know, in, in some areas you might have one energy producer, which not the best, I don't think, but you might say, okay, well, you're going to you're as a company are going to provide the electricity for this area, okay? And if you do so, we're going to regulate you so that you don't charge our customers too much money, but we're going to let you make a profit with it. But because we know that if there were two companies trying to get electricity to the same people, double the power lines, double the infrastructure, potentially. If you wanted, if, if if you're going to have the electric company own the lines, own the poles, and deal with the, have to deal with the poles on top of dealing with the production of the energy, then having multiple two, two sets of poles is 
um, not efficient. You're losing efficiencies in your system. Now, I've many times said that the general idea of what Texas did uh, was perhaps better. Um, I question that now because of the fact that um, Texas, what Texas did completely was not just create their own system and have companies sell energy on the grid. No, they, they, what they did is they cut themselves off from the rest of the grid. So that was another problem. That, that, that's the problem with Texas' system. If you didn't cut yourself off from the rest of the grid, but instead <clears throat> just built your electricity infrastructure enough so that the municipality controlled the lines and that anytime you wanted to sell a kilowatt hour across the lines, part of that charge went into upkeep and maintenance of those lines, then you could handle that. You, you could let the, the whatever commission runs that the, the, the grid to be able to handle those payments from whenever people buy the kilowatt hours of electricity. And then anybody can sell their electricity on the lines, on the grid. And if then you, then you could have competition for that electricity and somebody could say, well, I only want to buy from companies that do green energy. So you could choose to buy from them, or you could say, I want to buy from the cheapest possible. So you could choose to buy from them. And that way you're allowing um, regulation. Now, of course, you still have to have some regulation when it comes to creation of the power, because you want to make sure that your nuclear plants are well built and built in a way so that you, you know, you're less likely to have uh, issue like Chernobyl or Three Mile Island. You want to make sure that, you know, your your burning of your other electricity, your creation of uh, other ways that you create electricity are done in ways that are the least harmful to the environment as possible. You don't want to like have, you know, your, your and then you need the federal government to be able to come in and handle things like, okay, let's say Mississippi puts uh, a plant, an elect, like an electricity plant, like right at the corner, right at the corner state, like right, right at the end like on top of Louisiana, like so Louisiana is a boot. You put it right above where the Mississippi River comes down into into Louisiana. And let's say you had one an, an electricity plant right at that border of Louisiana and Mississippi, right on the river. And you have the you have that company that 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 facility dumping toxic chemicals into the river. Mississippi doesn't care because it's no longer affecting Mississippi. So they're like, we don't care. Do what you want. But that's why I need the federal government to come in and say, nope, nope, <laughs> you can't do that because now you're harming Louisiana. <clears throat> Daily news, lobbyist subsidies, government agencies like EPA policies can get in the way of free markets. No, no, there's two different things there. Yes, the EPA and policies can get in the way of a free market system. And in some ways it's good. And in some ways it's bad. Like, there, I will tell. I will say flat out that I'm sure if we looked over all of the regulations that are in place over industry, there are probably some regulations that we could get rid of either because they're they duplicate other regulations or they're unnecessarily burdensome. But we can go through all of the regulations and I'll find many others that are perfectly fine and are there to make sure that you're proactive about protecting worker safety, uh, the safety of the people living around the people um, that you're making sure that, I mean, you do a terrible job of this, but making sure that you're not uh, disproportionately harming marginalized cultures by putting only putting power plants in their neighborhoods and not uh, near the other people's neighborhoods. Um, you know, 
and I'm sure we could probably go through all of the list of regulations that exist on industry and say, you know what, there's some that are missing and that we should put in there because it would make everything better. So no, a, a policy, just because you have a policy doesn't make it corrupt. You may have policies that do. You may have policies that are bad that need to be eliminated. But just because you have a policy that needs to be eliminated because it's harming the system, it doesn't mean that you're having a policy that all policies harm the system. And that's the problem with, with many conservatives and the way that they think, because many conservatives will, will be very black and white. I found a, a policy. I found a regulation that's bad, so all regulations are bad. The California produces too much solar power that we're paying states to take it. At one point, we were giving it away, but still had brownouts. And that's, okay, that's, that, that doesn't mean that solar is bad. That just means that California needed to handle their solar more efficiently. It means California needed to invest perhaps in batteries, some batteries, or basically make sure that people who are getting solar have batteries in their homes to be able to handle when there are situations when the, when the solar isn't producing as much. It doesn't mean that solar is bad. It doesn't mean that it's corrupt. Um, the electric bill may remain at an all-time high. Well, I mean, that's also an issue that you have to deal with, but you know, even I'm sure at the beginning, the cost of bringing in new solar systems, solar energy, solar electricity systems are not going to be, you know, on the front end cheap. But in the long term, they might be. I mean, look, we drove to Disney World a couple of weeks ago, oh, a month ago now. Uh, we were in Disney a month ago. It seems, it seems like it was so close. Um, we went to Disney a month ago, and there are lots of solar farms in Florida. So don't, don't, don't think that, you know, that this is just a liberal thing for solar. You had solar, you had solar farms in rural of Florabama type areas. Let's see. I'm really, really going to go to the bathroom. I'm not going to bring my laptop with me. Oh, come on. Bring the laptop with you, Demonox. That's okay. We have no way to store solar. What? What do you mean you have no way to store solar power? There are literally batteries. You can charge batteries and, and hold power in them. What do you mean there's no way to store solar power? You can absolutely store solar power in a battery. I, I, I don't understand. Now, maybe you don't have the batteries to be able to store it, but if you have a system, or, or even, if, even, if, even if you as a household don't have a battery, you know, perhaps the system in and of itself could be like, okay, we're going to generate all this power, and we're going to store some in batteries um, so that we have excess just in case there's a, a, a bad day or something. What good does it do the consumer does not benefit? Um, they probably sell your energy because they can, not because, not, not because, and I'm sure, I don't know who runs the power grid or who, who generates the power in California, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to believe that it's, it's not the government that's the problem there and in selling the electricity. I'm, I'm sure it's, it's probably something. And I could be wrong. You know, I, I could be wrong. I'm not going to beat the dead horse about the other thing. But I could be wrong. It's happened once or twice before. But I'm inclined to believe that there's more to it than just prices high uh, because California, California sold electricity to other states. I think Elon Musk has built a battery. I think there is a Tesla battery. <laughs> I think there is a Tesla solar battery that you can have in your house 
that if you have a solar system that sh- I'll call it a solar system. It sounds like you're in outer space. If you have solar panels powering your house, uh, Tesla has a battery that you can use that you put in your garage or whatever that takes up some of the electricity that, sh- that when, you're, when you use more than you're generating or when you're generating more than you use so that for other times when you're using more than you're generating, you just take it from the battery. And then when you fill the battery up, that's when you dump more electricity back into the grid so that you can sell your electricity that you access, that you create in excess and get a credit on your bill. <clears throat> so, yeah, there are these batteries that exist already. Um, our government will not decide which power source to make primary. I, I don't know if they can. Again, like it, it depends on who, who's in charge. Like if you have a system like Texas, which, again, the Texas system in the winter, a couple of years back, showed its flaws, completely showed its flaws. But you can have a system where the, the, the government controls the grid, and then you just have producers of electricity pushing electricity into the grid for the consumers to buy. Or you have a system where you have a regulated monopoly where potentially the uh, you could still have the government own the grid or not own the grid, but you could then have, or you might have the, the, the electricity producer also control the, the maintenance of an upkeep of the poles or the underground wires or however you're transmitting the power from one place to another. And you have just one um, company doing that because you only want to have one if you only have one, you only want to have one company doing that if they're responsible for the maintenance and upkeep and the ownership of the poles, because again, that's inefficient if you have, if you have two companies and you need two sets of poles and that's just silly. Um, which is why I support the idea of the state owning or the state or the municipality controlling the lines themselves and then just accepting electricity from multiple producers on that, on those lines so that consumers can try and pick which form of electricity they want better for them. Um, let's see. I, I, I don't say you have to buy a Tesla battery. I'm saying that there's ways to store excess electricity so that, you know, you can, at certain times, you don't have to just push it off and sell it to other people. Now, I'm saying when if, – if you were getting electricity off the grid, you wouldn't want a Tesla battery. I'm not, that's not when you, you personally would have a Tesla battery. You would have a Tesla battery if you yourself installed solar panels on your own house. If you installed solar panels on your own house, you would then also want to have one of these batteries in your house to take the excess energy that you collect during the day – so that when you're running your electricity at night, you don't have to take any more power off the grid. You can just take that power from your battery that you, that you charged up over the course of the day. That's why you would want to have a Tesla battery. But you said that there's no ways to store the uh, solar power. I'm saying there are, and they already exist. And Tesla, and you wanted Elon Musk to do it. I'm saying Tesla already did it. Uh, suppose, suppose, seriously, our governor is holding up our system. Supposedly, they're investigating the best way to go. There's nothing wrong with investigating the best way to go, but, I mean, you shouldn't do it to the detriment of the people. I've criticized your governor before on this podcast. He was hypocrite of the week one week when he went to the restaurant and didn't wear the mask properly when he was requiring the other people in the state to do so. So, what, look, I will absolutely criticize anybody, uh, right or left, depending on what, on, on what they're doing, if they're being hypocritical, or if they're being harmful, et cetera. So, you know me. You know that I, that's how I roll. Anyway, um, I'm going to go ahead uh, I think we're done for the show today. I have a couple other things I want to take care of before I head to bed. Um, so, but I do want to say shouts out to Mrs. Boy, 
Mrs. Daily News. I hope everything's going better with her. I hope um, I hope things are okay. Or I, I don't know how good they could be, but I'm hoping everything is is can get better if they can. I don't know. That's that's terribly worded anyway. Um, a capacitor has not yet been built to distribute power in the grid. Well, maybe we can talk a little bit about that next week. Uh, email me, liberaldanradio at gmail.com, and remind me to look into that, and maybe we'll do some more discussion on solar power benefits and everything, looking at what California does, looking at what other people do, um, and making sure that we can get uh, some more information on that to know whether or not, um, you know, what, what you're saying is true or what I'm saying is true or if there's a little bit of split in between. But that is the end of this week's episode of Liberal Dan Radio Talk from the Left That's Right. Uh, please remember to go check out infotainmentwars.com. Support uh, Hal and his uh, show, Mega World, Hal Sparks Mega Worldwide. Um, he will be back on the show, I think, sometime next month. Uh, you can subscribe here. Remember to like this video. Subscribe uh, to the channel, Liberal Dan Radio on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter, at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter, Liberal Dan on Facebook as well. Uh, Till next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right.